When you were a kid, did you want to be an astronaut? A crossing guard? Sometimes our dreams feel a little all over the place, but we're not alone. In fact, McDonald's created an education platform, APA Next, with all the resources Asian Pacific American students like us need to navigate the next steps, or even figure out what they are. With streaming workshops on college admissions and more, a lot of the work is done for us. Come take a look at apanext.com and decide what's next for you. So that way we can let Bill WD-40 into the room so he can lube us up for tonight's show. Little Marky Spender, a.k.a. Timber Hunter, please say hello to Baxter for us. Hi, Baxter. How are you, buddy? Baxter, uh, Digger Dog, thanks for joining us. Bones, welcome. And, uh, yeah, the Super Chat is open. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis, so we really do appreciate it. And, of course, you can do your Christmas shopping at spacedoutradio.com. Check out our swag. we got some good shirts there, jackets, running shoes, underwear, you name it, we got it. And uh, hi there, Dirt Road, Jenny Girl. Thank you for coming on in. And let's see, we're about 32 seconds away. There's Bill WD-40 looping us up as we speak over in the Spreaker chat room. Thank you for joining us, Big Bad Bill. Appreciate that. And you're looking beautiful tonight, Bill, by the way. And let's see, Bill H., welcome. Yes, underwear in our chat room. Dutch UFO, how you doing, buddy? Good to see you. We're going to be talking paranormal tonight, guys. It's going to be a great show. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, Mr. Cowley, for kicking off the Super Chat tonight. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show. And just like that, my friends, horns up. Let's rock. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at spaced out radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We're going to dip into the paranormal tonight. Our guest, Taryn Kerper, is going to tell us some spooky stories of cryptids, ghosts, and aliens. Yes, always about the aliens. You know me. Then, in hour number three, Swamp Dweller will join us for the Swamp Stories. Then Bigfoot Michigan Rob brings us the cryptid report. Shirky Poo has the news. All right, I'm ready to go. I hope you are too. Taryn Kerper's paranormal journey officially began in 2004. Like most of us, 
she started watching Ghost Hunters on TV. Then, in 2007, she had her first experience with what was believed to be an intelligent spirit communication. In 2009, she began to explore and do amateur-type investigations because she was an enthusiast of the paranormal at that point. By 2012, she had joined a local group that included extensive training to become an investigator that led her to eventually being the co-director for the group. During her time there, she was producer of an internet radio show called Paranormal Straight Talk, and she has continued to build her name right through the paranormal scene. We are so happy for the first time to have Taryn Kerper here on Spaced Out Radio. Taryn, thank you so much for joining us tonight. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Hi, everybody out there in in Spaced Out Radio land. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm doing good. It's 12 a.m. here in New Jersey. (laughs) So this is normally my bedtime, but I am honored to stay awake and hang out with you guys for a couple hours. Well, you know what? Talk about what I love to talk about. Hey, (laughs) uh, you know what? It it, it is always a great time to have a first timer on this show because, you know, we get to hear new experiences, new evidential ways, and just new uh, fandom for what we all do. And, And let's face it, you know, there whether it's the UFOs, the cryptid, or the paranormal world, we tend to all get caught up in the drama that goes on, whether it's on social media or in between a couple of groups or state by state or, in my case, province by province. But you know what? In the end, this is a damn fun field, isn't it? It's a lot of fun to be doing. How did you fall in love with this? It's funny because I I used to be deathly afraid of it. I wanted nothing to do with it. Even though I would watch Ghost Hunters and stuff, like I thought it was so cool what they were doing. But I slept with my back to my room. I slept with a nightlight on. I slept with my radio on because I wanted no parts of it (laughs) in real life. Um, It wasn't until I had my first experience in Gettysburg um, in 07 when I, you know, I was like, wow, that wasn't that bad. And I, and I got curious. I got more curious than I was afraid of it. Um, and that same weekend, I had a couple more experiences there in Gettysburg. And um, finally started to look at ways that I could explore what I was experiencing, you know, and get educated on it because I had no idea what the heck was going on. <laughs> I still don't, but, you know. <laughs> no, it, but but you know what? I think that's kind of the fun of it, because realistically, there not, are no answers to what we do. There are no answers to to what we are trying to accomplish here in the paranormal supernatural world. And, you know, there there are a bunch of bullheads out there that try and tell us that that, you know, this is the way it is, this is the only way it is, and if you believe otherwise, you know, you're going to be, you know, you're, you're stupid, you're dumb, or, or whatever, you know, adjective that they could find for it. But, I mean, in the end, it, it really is, you know, searching for answers that aren't there. And I I rather enjoy that part. I really do. How about yourself? Well, I mean, think about it. I mean, if you think about it, if we if we got the answer, what would we do? If we if we one hundred percent had the answer, what would we do after that? There'd be there'd be, you know it would be boring, you know. So I think, um, you know, for me, I already believe 
So when I'm investigating or trying to help a, a client or going to a historical site to help raise money for restoration of this historical site, you know, for me, it's more educating the people that are there, the enthusiasts that are there. And also you're, it is, it's fun. It's fun. Minus the private client part. The private client part is more work and you take that serious, but the other stuff is the fun part of it, you know? Um, and just having the interactions that you have and the communications that you have or um, the unexplainable events that occur, you know, uh, is all worth it. Sitting in the dark for six hours. <laughs> oh, I, hey, I can understand that. And I can very much appreciate that, Taryn. For you, what do you what do you love about this? Because you have gone and we'll get more into this later on in the show. But you started off in the paranormal. You have now kind of crossed over into the cryptid world, into the UFO world. For you, how does it differ between investigating the three different aspects of what we do? Or is it relatively the same? Um, it's they're, they're all very parallel, you know, um, which is... Hold on. I'm sorry. I let my cat out of the room. Yes. <laughs> the kitty wants to be a part... It, you know, we do actually allow cats to be interviewed. You know, we we do like <laughs> Dirty Filth, who's who's drawing the cartoons. His cat Blob is actually a big star around here. Big star. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I have, you know, I have my my main my main focus is you know hunting um, quote unquote ghosts, whatever you want to call them. I know everybody has a different. Way, you know, and that's the one thing I always think about in the field is like, you know, as humans, we have to label everything. Um, and for me, paranormal is everything under the same umbrella, no matter what it is that we are researching or investigating. Me, I believe, no matter what that is, anything unexplained, any type of phenomena that we that occurs that you, I mean, it's paranormal, it's not normal, right? So it's underneath all that, that same umbrella. Um, I've investigated Bigfoot. Um, my, my, mostly it's always been, uh, the ghost side of things, the paranormal side of things. Um, aliens, I, I have not investigated alien activity yet. However, um, I have had a few guests on my show. Um, you know, I read about UFOs. I research about it that way. And I also have like, I've had Peter Robbins on, um, I've had a few, uh, parapsychologists on that, you know, talk about, you know, the UFOs and stuff like that. And also um, Justin Bamforth. I don't know if you've ever heard of Justin Bamforth, but um, he's an author and he researches extraterrestrial slash men in black type phenomena. Um, and I've had him on and one of his cases, um, a gentleman, Gary Sudbrink, his name is, uh, received a series of four phone calls from the only thing I could describe it sounding like was if you ever saw the movie Mothman when Richard Gere was getting those phone calls. Um, it sounded like that, but the verbiage was very eerie. And when I was listening to them, it almost I almost felt like I was inv like I shouldn't be listening, but I couldn't stop listening. Like I was invading privacy. I don't know. It was really weird. But he had those he played those four phone calls on my show the recordings. Um, and then I had uh, Gary Subrink on after that. 
I had to convince him to come on. Um, and that's one of the differences that I have noticed is that people that have gone through what they feel they've had um, an alien encounter or a UFO encounter, they're not as welcomed as paranormal or cryptid researchers are welcomed into the field. I think, you know, one thing I, I, I mean, I've, I also had met um, Fire in the Sky. I'm sorry. it's Travis like, Welton. Yeah, so I've met Travis Walton and um, talked to him for quite a bit, and he was the same way. Um, you definitely know these people have been through something, um, and they're reluctant to tell their story because people don't accept those stories as open as ghosts or cryptid stories, you know? Um, that is one difference that I've noticed. Um, but then again, I surround myself with the ghosty side of things. You know, I, I have yet to go to, you know, um, uh, like a conference with the UFOs or aliens. I've yet to do just scripted. I mean, paranormal conferences do have Bigfoot people there and have, you know, I mean, stuff like that. And there's some alien people there, but something just based around that um, I have yet to do. So well, in your opinion, what is the most difficult thing? about crossing over from ghosts to cryptids and even looking into the UFO world, you know, because even though you're, you're, you're still doing investigations, they really are three different variants that many of us tend to believe are, are interrelated somehow with the, uh, you know, as we all call it, the phenomena in general, but there's still a lot of people out there who are segregating each category. Well, I think it's segregated only because, you know, those those that like to, re, you know, research or investigate the cryptids, you know, that's just their thing. That's their passion. You know, they're not going to go to Eastern State to look for Al Capone's ghosts because they want to go find Bigfoot, you know. Um, and it's the same thing with, you know, UFO researchers you know they're they, they have no interest in going to rolling hills asylum they want to go to area 51 or skinwalker ranch you know and stuff like that you know which actually i wouldn't mind going to skinwalker ranch either but everything <laughs> there <laughs> but you know that's a you know that's a that's a paranormal umbrella playground a place like that but um so I just I think that's it's all in what you're you're passionate about. Me, it's it's the ghosts, you know, the paranormal side of things is and uh doing my podcast. But I mean the paranormal side of things, meaning ghosties, is is what my passion is. I I would do more cryptid with people that know what they were doing. I wouldn't want to at this point, I wouldn't want to just go out with anybody to do it. I'd want somebody that's experienced. Um I know when I went uh, Bigfoot hunting one time, it there were they, the the equipment at that time. Now this was a long time ago, mind you. I don't know if there's equipment now for for Bigfoot. I'm not sure. But um, when I went, you know, there wasn't any equipment you would bring out there. Just you know, some like I think there they brought some type of a, a food, you know, to kind of whatever they would eat. You know, there was like simple things, you know, um, things to collect. If they if they found anything, they would they had like little containers or baggies or you know stuff like that. But whereas you go now to a, par a ghost 
investigation. I mean, people have equipment all over the place, things that beep and whistle and honk and horn and, you know, not, and I don't play with that stuff either. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, what, uh, you know, when I, I'm not a ghost hunter, I'm not a researcher. Okay. And I have no problem admitting that. Do I go out for my own curiosity? Sure. I do. I like to know what's, uh, uh, what uh, is out there? You know, this year I had a couple of UFO encounters. I had a Sasquatch encounter with my buddy Mark, uh, who I just put up on the screen there. You took him about three weeks to finally admit that it was a Sasquatch we saw. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the the idea behind it, I guess, is this. I mean, are you doing it for fun? Are you doing it for curiosity? Or are you really doing it for to try and find answers? Because I find that question is one of the most difficult for people in the paranormal to, to answer. No, for me, it's all three. Go into detail about that. Well, I... I love it. It's a pa- I, I have a lot of fun. The the people that I've met, that I've become best friends with, people that I investigate with, um, they are what makes it fun. You know, I keep I'm I am booked with investigation and events all year next year. You know what I mean? And I can't wait for everything because it's get to hang out with all all of, all of my best some of my best friends that I don't get to see normally because they live in other states across the United States all over the place, but they'll come together for certain stuff. You know. Um, definitely a minute to help people, private clients, people that call up and they watch shows and they think, cause now the shows are a lot different than what ghost hunters was when it first started. You know, I mean, now shows are all, de- you know, negative and demonic and crazy. So people that watch these shows that are having issues in their homes are thinking, you know, that something's in my house and it wants to kill me. You know, and then, you know, they're scared to death. So, you know, that is a little different when you get those phone calls, especially when there's kids involved, you know, so you want to take care of that right away. Um, And then when we're investigating and it's a and it's a historic location or, you know, a mansion or whatever you want to call asylum, whatever kind of a place like that, you know, um, for me, that's where I do the research part of it where I, you know, when there's, when there's no family involved, um, you're not there to raise, well, you're paying to be there. So technically you are giving money to the location, but you're not having an event. So you don't have to entertain people that have paid to be there to investigate and stuff with you. So that's when, when we do our experiments and the research and, you know, stuff like that. You know, everybody conducts investigations a little bit differently. Some people rely on their own intuition. Others rely on uh, cell phones with these apps that are pre-programmed. Others uh, are very technical with their gear and, and what they use. When you go into an investigation, what are you using to prepare yourself in order to try and find everything? Because... You know, we can get evidence with a camera or or an audio voice recorder or or whatever it may be, but you know, there's literally people spending thousands upon thousands of dollars on apps, on 
on uh, gear that, ha- in my case, I you know I wouldn't I wouldn't sell it. You know, it's like selling, you know, a bridge in the desert. You know, it's just mm-hmm. not it's not worth it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, how do you go about uh, you know doing what works for you? Uh, so, you know, when I first started out, I was, um, I was one of those people that thought you had to buy all this equipment, all these fancy doodads. I have thousands of dollars of equipment that sits in a drawer, um, and doesn't, I don't use it. (laughs) That's my thing. (laughs) I always give a little heart. (laughs) Um, but I have all this equipment that I don't use because, you know, I like to use stuff that's not made for ghost hunting. I will use, you know, just, I don't go out and buy the expensive recorders. I have Olympuses that are $20 or I have Olympuses that are $90. You know, they both either produce or they don't produce, you know, it's, it's, I have six recorders. EVPs are my favorite type of, um, unexplained phenomena to, to get, you know, um, to have on record or anything like that. But I basically go in with, you know, my recorders. I do have a full spectrum camera, but I mean, in all the years I've been doing this, I've only captured one photo. Um, and I have taken thousands and thousands and thousands of photos. <laughs> and I've, I've only caught one apparition um, and um, possibly a mist. So I can't even say that it is like for sure what it is, but it looks like a missed photo. Um, but that's it. So a camera to me, um, unless it's one that's, you know, streaming you know, or videoing 24 seven for you, you know, you're not like having to like carry it around is really is a waste. That's all that stuff is a waste of, of time. The apps I won't use. I don't. And everybody that knows me knows it's a spirit boxes. I won't use. Um, there's just, the spare boxes are run on AM, FM rate or, you know, AM, FM frequencies. There's just too much there that can be, you know, could be radio, you know, I just, plus with Volkswagen vehicles like these, there's no need for drama or second guessing. That's because there's a Volkswagen. That's a perfect match for your lifestyle. Like the joyful Taos, versatile Tiguan, sporty Jetta, stylish Atlas Crossport, and family-sized Atlas. Plus, the Taos has over 50 standard features, including LED headlights, turbocharged engine, and an 8-inch Volkswagen digital cockpit. Visit your local Volkswagen dealer today to learn more about our vehicle lineup. Some families were born into. Some families are made from the ones we meet along the way. Our families are built on love and traditions, the memories we share, and knowing that life is better because we're together. Pure Life, 100% pure quality water, refreshing every moment together. Visit purelifewater.com and discover where to buy Pure Life. Um, sometimes I'm clairaudient, so sometimes I can hear answers, um, disembodied voices, and um the noise from the spirit boxes kind of block that. So I don't, I don't like that part of that. Um, so you found so, your niche, you found your niche, you know, because a lot of the times I, I, and I, and I'll be honest with you, Taryn, I stay away from a lot of the paranormal because it always seems to be, you know, who's got the biggest, 
you know, stick on the block. And, you know, oh, what kind of gear do you use? Oh, you use that? Oh, we never use that. That is so 12 years ago. You know, I mean, whether it's a K2 meter or an ovulus or, or whatever it may be. But I'm a firm believer, and I, I want to get your opinion on this. I'm a firm believer that there are certain types of gear that are meant for certain people. For instance, I have and my and my friends who we've done a ghost investigation with, we've had a lot of success with a K2 meter. Others mm-hmm. haven't. I don't have any success with a with a ghost box, but my friend Bill sure does. Okay, to the point where we've heard names on there that are very primary to what we're investigating. You know, so mm-hmm. I really do think that that there is gear out there with about 90 seconds to go that the gear is suited to the person and it's not necessarily the gear itself your thoughts right so i mean yeah 90 seconds that puts a little pressure on that answer but (laughs) but yeah i mean it's your intention what you're using what the energy you're putting into it you know um i'm sure anybody could use any piece of equipment and and say it works you know but it's what your intention is and what you're feeling, you know, and what you like to use, I guess, would be the best answer for that. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. It's the intention that you put forth and what you're you're putting your your own energy into. You know, we all forget. I mean, we're, I mean, it's, whether it's a Ouija board or a, or a uh, a pendulum or reading tea leaves, that's really even re- a recorder. Even a recorder, you're reading your own energy. Yeah. You know, yeah, was, and, and you, you, your intention behind it is to communicate with something, someone, somewhere, you know, and and you know, you're gonna get out of it what you're what you put into it, I think. And it's what you're it's all about your perception as well, what you, how you perceive it. Me and you could be using the same exact thing, and you're you might get something different from it than I get. Very true, very true. On that note, Taryn, I'm gonna get you to hold on right there. We are going to go to our first break. Of the night, Taryn Kerper is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. We're talking paranormal ghosts. We'll find out some of her favorite ghost stories that she has investigated when we return. Let's get into the ghost stories, shall we? Let's get a little spooky while we can. You know, shake off the spookiness. Get ready for Christmas, day after tomorrow. Spaced Out Radio is next. All right, we are clear. We got about five minutes. So, if you are new listening to this show, uh, we are a live radio show broadcasting to seven different terrestrial radio stations. And so, we have to time everything out with them, which is why we take commercial breaks. But during the uh, behind the scenes here, uh, you actually get to. Uh, pay attention to what we do and what we're talking about. And usually at this time, we turn it over to our, our main artist, Dirty Filth, here to uh, kind of show us what he's got going on. And, uh, Taryn, please uh, bear with me. I am just going to uh, run up uh, stairs and uh, check on my son, and I'll be right back, okay? Yeah, no problem. Is that watercolor? Is that water paint? Yes. Pretty cool. Uh, I pencil it, and then I 
watercolor it and then I ink it. Okay. It looks like a blob right now, but it'll look good when it's all done. I bet. I was just watching. Say, I'm glad that you're not distracted. Like, usually my ADD, I would be like, oh, what's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should just turn into a puddle of goo and just work through it. <laughs> now, do you save all of these? Yeah, I scan them, put them on my website, and... I'll probably go into my second book I'm working on. Oh, cool. That's pretty cool. So I've just been drawing cryptids and ghosts and UFOs and aliens for the last couple years and put a book together and a calendar. Really? That's impressive. Good. So do you pre-draw these and then, or do you draw them... This was um, what I had originally been tinkering with, and I just kind of came up with this guy on the bottom there. It's Oh, cute. I normally oh, don't really have an idea before the show. I just kind of jump right into the fire. Mm-hmm. <coughs> all right. going to show you all something here. <laughs> Excuse me. And quickly go like this. It's my little grandbaby. Oh, how cute. Yeah. That's me little grandboy. Right Aww. there. Yeah. He'll be a week old tomorrow. A week old. Oh, precious thing. Yeah. He's just hanging out, chewing on his hand. <laughs> He's just so cute. He's he just is. so cute. I can't get enough of him. That old big guy. Is that who you were checking on? No, my, no. Son, my son is upstairs. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, look at that cute little guy. Yeah, that's... That's, so enough. That's enough. That's you, enough. You know, uh, let's remove that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my boy. That is my boy. Thank you, little Timmy Senor, for that super chat. Very much appreciated. Along with Mister Cowley. Uh, let's see. Thank you, Pine Island. I appreciate that. Hi, the unknown. How you doing, buddy? Let's see who else. Oh, Jules came back the very next day. Jules came back. I thought she was a goner, but Jules came back. She just couldn't stay away. There she <laughs> is. And awesome, Ann Palmer. Good to have you here, Magneticus. Thanks for joining us. Uh, let's see here. Who else has come on in that I haven't said hello to? I'm caught up. I am caught up. If you haven't already, please do us a favor. Give us a thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever you feel. <clears throat> it all helps with the algorithms after the show. Leave a comment. Tell us what you think. And if you're new, don't forget to hit subscribe, ring the bell. We are here seven days a week for your listening entertainment. 
listening entertainment. And uh, Corey Cole, thank you for coming on in. Don't forget, people, May 19th through 21st, 2023, the second annual Las Vegas Fan Party for SOR. We are doing it at the Golden Nugget, and we'd love to see you all there. We'll get you more information here soon. Kira and I are working on it. Here we go, everyone. Second half hour of Space Down Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with Taryn Kerper. We're getting into some paranormal stories here coming on up this half hour. Taryn, thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Hey, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. So out of all the <laughs> out of all the years that you have been investigating now, which is well over I'm well over 10 years now, you know, mm-hmm. we always have those stories that stick with us. You know, whether they were emotional, whether they were scary, whether they were funny, whatever they may be. You know, what's a story that really sticks out to you? Give us the details. Um boy, I do have a few, but Um, one, one story would be, um, because I am, um, so big into the voice phenomena and disembodied voices, EVPs, if you will. Um, this episode is brought to you by Progressive Commercial Insurance. To all the passion projects, side hustles, and small businesses, we see you. You have drive. But if you're driving more than your dreams, you'll want Progressive Commercial Auto Insurance. They look out for you with discounts for safe driving, prior insurance, and more. Plus, as your business grows, you can simply add more Progressive's customizable coverages. Protect your drive to work and your drive to do business. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts and coverage selections not available in all states or situations. Hey, yo, what's up? It's Tim Way. New Balance Saga athlete, lost player, and proud member of the U.S. men's national team. My life revolves around freedom and creativity, both on and off the pitch. I think of myself as an artist, whether it's creating my own music or setting up my teammates to score a goal. On the field, I see it different, and it's the color four provides that touch of class. The New Balance, the color four. Take headlines, make history. Learn more at newbalance.com slash soccer. This one kind of, you know, has me um, on a whole new research type of a thing. Um, so it's kind of, uh, pro- you know, it's probably it's important to me this one only because it's it's given me something new to research while I'm investigating. Um, I have six recorders. Everybody laughs at me because you know investigations are usually four to five hours long, can be longer. Um, and I have them all going all at the, all the, all at the same time, like all, you know, the whole time. 
So I don't have only just five hours of audio to listen to. I have 30 hours to listen to because um, over the years I've learned that not every recorder is going to catch everything. Not every recorder is going to work, you know, and I don't want to miss anything. Um, so people that I've investigated with this past year normally do what they call EVP bursts. And what that is, is just everybody that's there will go around, ask one question, and then we go back and we listen to that. So it's usually just about a two minute long question, you know, and see if we get any answers. And like I said, I leave my recorders going the whole time. So I had a recorder going, I was live on YouTube and Facebook and, um, on Paranormal Brew and, um, and we all went around and Lourdes Gonzalez was one of the people that was, I, I was investigating with. And she had asked, you know, we were at Chrysler mansion in New York, Staten Island, New York. And, um, she had said, what's the family business? Now at the time we didn't hear an answer when we rewound it the first time and we were listening back, we didn't hear an answer to that question. Um, but we did get an EVP a little bit after that. So she rewound it so we could listen to it, but she went back a little far. So that question, what was the family business at this point now is being repeated three times. Well, when the, when we went back and re, you know, listened to it the third time, you know, as it was playing and you know, it's like, what's the family business on my recorder, you hear a man say factory work. This wasn't caught on anybody else's recorders. It wasn't caught on my live videos. And again, it wasn't picked up on the original, like the, the original question. So it wasn't until the third time that it was repeated via recorder um, is when it, the, the answer came through. At the time, I was like, wow, that is amazing. You know, that is just, I don't, I can't explain that. I, I, I need to, 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 to try to figure out how this is possible. If it was anybody in the room, we would have heard it the first time. We would have heard it with our ears. We would have heard somebody say it, you know? Um, and then, you know, about three or four months later, the same thing happened where we were listening back to our EVP burst and, when a question came up, there was an answer, not on the recorder of the EVP burst, but on my, on my recorder. And I said, this happened a couple months ago. So I started to think, you know, is it a possibility that spirit energy can hear better via recorder? Like we can hear better through a recorder. Um, because it's answering when it's hearing the questions through the recorder, not when we're actually answering them, asking them. So I've been trying to play with that a little bit. Um, that was that was one just because, you know, as a research, as a paranormal researcher and investigator, like that was one that kind of lit my investigative side a little bit. I got excited about because I want to try to see um, how I would be able to, to, to do more experiments to test that theory out. Um, but I will say uh, there's a there is one thing that will stick with me forever, and that is more recently um, I was at Hinsdale House for the weekend, 
and we were outside and then outside at the Hinsdale house in New York. I don't know if you've heard of Hinsdale house. Um, it's, um, very, very one of my, it's my number one places to date that I've been to, um, as far as activity, paranormal, everything that's happened there was, was amazing. But, um, we were outside and it gets real dark at night and we had a flare. We also had night vision goggles. Um, we had our recorders and the night vision goggles and the flare helped with being able to see our surroundings. We wanted those because there's wildlife there. Bears will come down, deer come down, you know, there's coyote there, you know, this is in upstate New York. So there's like a lot of wildlife that you want to know is coming if you're out there because it's so dark. And, um, we were, the house has a fire. So we were back by the fire and, um, just hanging out outside. And I have my flashlight off in the distance hits what would look like two eyes glowing from an animal. Like if you hit light to an animal. So I go, what is that? I pick the flare up. And as I point the flare at this thing, it turns to the side and it looks like, it looked like a bear. Um, so immediately I'm like, that's, that's a bear. I use some choice words that I will not use that I was told I cannot use, but I put the flashlight back up again because I had two other people with me and I, I was telling them, I'm like, that's a bear. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, right there. I had equipment on my lap. I stood up, my butt cheeks clenched. I promise you that a tear came out of my eye and I put the flashlight up one more time. And as I did, I see the eyes and it's like walking and the eyes were going like this with the legs, but it was coming towards us. And I said, that's a bear and it's coming towards us. And in 20 seconds, you hear the door slam because all my stuff is on the ground now. And I, my record, all my equipment laid out there for two and a half hours. Cause I thought it was a bear coming towards me. And I thought it was like, I thought I was going to die. I was like, that is a bear. It looked deep into my soul, flew back out, and I was out. Like, I couldn't believe it. That was the scariest thing I have ever experienced in my life. Now, the two people I was with outside stayed outside for a little bit. I don't know why they didn't listen to me. If anybody I investigate runs, I'm running, and I'm asking later. You know, I'm like, okay, what what, what happened? <laughs> like, why did we run? <laughs> but... um. At first, they thought it was a deer, and I will tell you, I have never seen a deer with that shaped body ever in my life. I mean, this was this—it looked like this big, round, humongous animal. And um, they said that while they stayed out there, um, and you can hear them talking because, like I said, all my equipment was on the ground. They didn't know it, but it was all there. So my recorder's outside still, like recording everything that was going on, you know? And they said, as this thing got closer, it looked like it split in two and the back ends of it got wispy, whatever that means. So I said, I don't care. All I know is what I thought I saw was a bear and I ran. So I'm going to stick with bear because that's a lot more acceptable (laughs) running from something. (laughs) If anybody saw a bear, I mean, everybody's like, oh, you're not supposed to run when you see a bear. I don't care what anybody says. If you see a bear, 
you're going to run, especially if it's coming at you at nighttime. <laughs> that was, it was, it was, the, it was crazy. It was crazy. You know, but, uh, yeah. What did you ever figure out if it truly was a bear or not? We did not. So, so there was an Indian massacre there. Um, there also recently was 11 unmarked graves found on the property. Um, the history of the house, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, his history stories is that there were two brothers that lived there and carriage, um, uh, carriages used to go by, um, and they would rob, rob these carriages and kill the people inside. So these 11 unmarked graves doesn't know, uh, we, they don't know who they are yet. They like they've just recently been found, so they're they're marked now that where they're finding these bodies, um, so they don't know where they're at. But somebody had mentioned that you know back when Indian the uh, Indians they used to wear headdresses, you know like bear headdresses or you know something like that. Um, I don't know. I all I know is the fear of God went inside of me and I've never been that scared in my life to be honest with you. Like I was legit afraid. Like if you, you remember like going up your basement steps and being so scared that you run so fast and you swear something is like right behind you. If you times that by 5 million, that's how scared I was. Yeah, it was insane. I, I mean, I honestly, when I looked, when I, when the flashlight hit that thing's eyes, it, I, I literally for three seconds thought we just like, it went into my soul and out. And I was just like, that's, I, I, I pushed my friend out of the way and I ran in the house. <laughs> I was like George Costanza when he was at the nursing home and the fire broke out and he's pushing all the old people out of the way to get out of the building first. You know, that was me. I was. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn believes B2B marketing can be brilliant, bold, and innovative. And all it takes is their platform, which was purpose-built to make B2B mean more for your business. And with the targeting tools on LinkedIn, you can reach your precise audience right down to their job title, company name, location, and more. Rethink your B2B marketing LinkedIn ads and get $100 credit on your next campaign. Just go to linkedin.com slash advertise. That's linkedin.com slash advertise. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, America's number one motorcycle insurer. Everything is more exhilarating when you're on your motorcycle. Just like your bike is more protected when you choose Progressive Motorcycle Insurance. They offer coverage for your bike starting as low as $75 per year. And they keep things affordable with discounts like paid in full, multi-policy, and responsible driver. So raise your kickstands and get to quoting at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Premium is for state minimum liability coverage and excludes state fees and taxes. Rate not available in Massachusetts. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Like, dude, run. <laughs> right. It was, it was crazy. So with with that experience, because there is so much of the unknown regarding, you know, the the paranormal, how do you justify what you were experiencing at that point? And when I saw that bear? Just in general, the entire feeling of what it is, because, you know, it it may have been a bear to you, but it could have been something to somebody else. Right, right, absolutely. No, I, whatever it was scared me and I've never been scared. I, 
I was by myself at that house for two hours. I was completely fine. I have, I've investigated asylums. I've investigated, you know, uh, abandoned areas. I've investigated, I've been, been in woods. I've been, you know, cemeteries everywhere. I've never, ever, ever, ever felt threatened like that ever. So, I mean, that was scary for me. And all I have to say is if anybody is, you know, scared like that, trust your instincts because we all have it. I don't care what anybody says. Some people call it, you know, intuition, you know, being sensitive, whatever. I, I say trust your gut instinct. And if you are scared, then abort mission. <laughs> like trust your gut instinct. And, and you know what? Not a lot of people actually do that in the paranormal yeah. in trusting their gut instinct because, you know, they got to be the cool one or they got to be I, the, the tough guy or, or, you know, it, my favorite pose is this because every paranormal website has a dude posing like this as the team skeptic, you know, yeah. I, yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, how do we grow up in this field and just let the experience happen and try and define it that way? Well, it's really sad because there's a lot of people out there that now are into this whole dramatic exaggeration, faking stuff, you know, really making a mockery of, of the people that are really trying to do research and investigate and do things the right way. I mean, um, it's, it's really sad that what it's become right now, it's more become a, a you know, we, we talked about, you said something about this briefly in the beginning, you know, it's a competition. It's, you know, who's got, you know, more everybody, everybody's about numbers. Who's got the most views, who's got the most likes. Like, it's like you almost like a lot of people have lost focus in what you're doing because you're so concerned with what everybody else is doing. Who are they watching? What are, where are they going? You know, what are they doing? You know, and you know, it's just, I really think in order to grow, you have to weed out those people that are trying to exploit what the field, and there's a lot of them out there. I've had people approach me to come on my show that are, it's ridiculous. I mean, that some of the things that people are doing, you know, using the paranormal platform to make money, you know, it's it's just really, really, really sad that, that it's happening. So, Right now, I feel like it's stagnant, but there are, you know, new things coming out um, or have been around, but now they're just starting to, you know, new ways to investigate, new ways to do some research. You know, um, Ron Yacovetti and Lourdes Gonzalez, they do DRV, it's direct radio voice, and it's similar to what a spirit box would be, but it doesn't run on any radio frequency. It's on a, it's on a blank frequency, so there's no radio waves coming to it to the, you know, to any of the towers that it uses. So there's not that interference of AM, FM radio at all. So any voices that come through that, you know, are questionable, like are unexplainable. Like how are we getting these voices through this when there's no, there's no way, not even CB radio, not even no type of radio frequency can come to this frequency that they use. Um, so I like things like that. Um, People have to 
go old school for a little bit, you know, try a compass, throw some baby powder on the ground, you know, just use recorders and see what you get instead of, you know, focusing on things that are going to light up when, you know, when they get static energy or something like that, you know? Um, I think in order to advance, we can't forget about the, 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 the past, the old school stuff. Um, and we have to use it. Definitely. I think those things are reliable. Well, you know, I have a running joke around here. I, I, how do you confuse a paranormal investigator? Ask them what they do with their evidence. <laughs> they, the majority will say, well, we go through it. Well, what do you do after that? Well, what do you mean? What do you mean? There's an after that? Yeah. Are you trying to see what other teams are getting? Are you trying to compare it to other places that you've investigated? Do you take similarities and file them off into different areas to see if there yeah. is something there? You know? Oh, yeah. Like I, I said, they should. Do, do me a favor. Next time you're on your podcast and you got some weird uh, paranormal person on, ask them, what do you do with your evidence? And then they'll tell you, well, well, we, we go through it to see if we can find anything. Wonderful. What do you do from there? Screw mm -hmm. them right up. Screw them right up. It's fun, actually. It is. Oh, yeah. And and, and that's what's sad. You know, when I, when I was uh, training, when I was in training before I joined the group, you know, I mean, that was a big thing. I still have all of my paperwork of all the investigations we did and everything that we had to do. I mean, it was extensive, but it... I'm thankful for that training that I got because that's what I use today. I take my recordings. I, I put them on my laptop. I listen to them. I clip the EVPs or what could be. I go to the people that own the locations. Have you ever heard this? Have you ever heard this? Is this everything? Anybody that we investigate with, do you, re do you recall this happening? Did you hear this? Does anybody else have this on their recorder? You know, you have to do the, all that stuff. It's a lot of work. People don't understand how much work it is when you're really, truly doing it and not just doing it for YouTube to fake it and then to get, you know, because you just want likes and whatever. You're just running around through woods and getting scared to death and screaming. It's a demon, <laughs> you know? You, you, actually, you actually bring up a very good point about that, how the paranormal has really turned from from actual ghost hunting into clickbait on YouTube and podcasts yeah. and and social media for the sake of of being an influencer. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true and it and it's sad because I, on my investigations I go live the whole time. Um unless I'm with somebody that doesn't want that you know, I respect, I respect people and, you know, and, and if they don't feel, if they feel uncomfortable being live, then I don't go live. I'll record it and, you know, um, but I'll go live the whole time. And it's, I mean, it's not what's what Zach Baggins does. You know, we're not going to, we're not getting the stuff that Zach Baggins gets because we're, 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 we're not making it up and we're not adding stuff and we're not doing it for entertainment. We're not doing, you know, we're really investigating, you know, and um, not everybody's going to agree with the styles of investigating, which is fine. It's what makes the world go around. You know, everybody's going to have their own style, but when you start faking stuff, 
just to get likes and views and stuff like that. I mean, it's just, it's just sad that people do it. Um, and you, you lose sight of what it is that you're really doing. Cause you're now you're just doing things to get the likes because you want the money because, you know, it's just, it's, it's like a vicious circle. Um, I, my podcast has been around since 2017. Um, and April will be going on six years. Um, and I've had some of the, the, the best guests on I've had, I've been duped by somebody. Um, and I, and I did out them, um, and expose them because he was making his round through the paranormal. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot having a, having a show. Taryn is the constant. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, now I lost my train of thought. Ah, well, just did. in regards to you have interviewed people, one person you called yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, but the podcast stuff really wasn't that big until COVID. Once COVID. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I was going to say once, once COVID happened, because when COVID happened, everything shut down. Nobody could do anything. So people started doing podcasts. People started doing all these things. So it kind of, it kind of drowned out the people that have been doing this for a while, you know, because now everybody's got a podcast and you just think that because you hear, you know, let's just say spaced out radio here's, Oh, what's paranormal brew. Oh, another podcast. But I've been around since 2017. I'm not this just pop up podcast from last year. You know what I mean? And no disrespect to anybody that's recently come out. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to say that, but the people that have been doing it for a long time, it got, it gets, you get drowned out by all that, you know? And, you know, and it's, it's the same wherever you go, you're going to have the people that, you know, make it, make it look like it's a gimmicky thing. And you just, you try your hardest to either avoid it or be so good that you drown those, those, those fake people out, you know, or, you know what I mean? Um, you try to stay in your lane, but sometimes, sometimes when somebody's doing something, you don't, you don't like to your friends and everything like that, which is why I called that guy out. You know, that you know, there's, you gotta, uh, figure that out. Taryn, I'm going to get you to con- uh, hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the top of the hour. Taryn Kerper, paranormal investigator, co-host of a podcast called Paranormal Brew. We're going to get into more paranormal supernatural stories with Taryn when we return in hour number two. Perfect. We're clear. Good job. Thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) There you go, Let me see. What's he painting today? There's a guy he drew and he's in there. Definitely. I see him. He's got, a, he's got red eyes and a hat. <laughs> I'll be right back, guys. I'm going to just go check on my son. Okay, we'll let you, Dave. Don't forget to let dogs out. I won't. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what does H and M stand for? It's the hat man. Oh, I usually fill in the. I usually fill in the character at the end just to keep everybody on their toes. 
Do you do this on TikTok too? Um, I or have just, TikTok, yeah. but to be honest, I really don't know how to use it very well. Oh. You know, people do videos like this on TikTok all the time. Like they just, they don't say anything. They just kind of like do their thing and people just watch it. I bet you, you would do good on there. Let's give it a shot. You should. I haven't really sat down and played with it very much, to be honest. So before you can go live, you have to get like a thousand likes, I think. So what? if I were you, I would record yourself doing this and then put them up and then, let, and then get the likes and then do it live. I guarantee you people would watch it. All right, I'll have to do that. I'll take your advice on it. Taking a lot of good advice in the last little while, I started doing life drawing again. Oh, really? And I hadn't done that since animation school, which I quit. I'm a big what? quitter. <laughs> no, everything everything you do is for a reason, you know? It, I was into 2D animation, and it turned out to be more 3D animation, so uh, instead of Because I, I would watch this. I'm not even lying. <laughs> I would watch. I would watch you draw. Isn't that weird that people would watch that? But people would. So there's a guy yeah. on there. There's a guy on there, and I'm gonna sound really sad for even it. it I'm gonna admit this, but I am. But there's a guy on there that gets these eggs. He'll, he takes eggs and he peels the shell off, and he and it's. He peels the whole entire thing off, and people like watch him do this. It's an it's an egg, and he peels the outer shell off. That's it. Weird. I've seen people weird. opening Kinder Surprise toys and things like that, and they get like a billion hits. Yeah, it's it's the craziest thing. People, and I'm one of those people that watched it one time, and I'm like, I can't believe I just watched this guy for 20 minutes peel the shell off of an egg. Like it's the weirdest thing, but I got I got sucked in. You know, I've been trying to figure out how to turn a boiled egg back into a raw egg, but I've been unsuccessful till this point. Yeah. I I don't know how you would do that. I'm not sure it's possible. <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah. Um, somebody wrote, I, I have worthless Facebook. I hate Facebook, but I'm so network dependent on it that I, I just wish that's the only reason why I wish my YouTube and, um, my TikTok would take off because I really hate Facebook. So, but it's very, very hard to, um, get any, get yourself out there on YouTube at least in my opinion anyway, or in my experience, I should say. Yeah, some people just, maybe they just got some kind of magical touch of some sort, or they know how to fan-dangle everything. Yeah. I know there's weird algorithms and computer-side stuff. I'm just not a very tech-savvy fella. I I have a friend, one of my best pals in the entire world, does all my digital stuff and website things for me, and yeah. Yeah. I'd be I'd be hooped without without their help. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I like I said, I've been doing it well the podcast I've been doing for, for April will be six years, but um you know, every th- that that is still, you know, will always be a work in progress because 
I'm not very technical savvy. So, you know, I'm doing the best I can. And like I said, Facebook, I hate, but it's, it's my networking right now. Um, I am from New Jersey, sadly. It could be from Toronto. That'd be even worse. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> All right. Hey, Filth, before we uh, put you back on mute, tell everybody where they could find your calendar. Uh, if you go to filthy.com. That's the spelling, two Y's, because I'm unoriginal. <laughs> it's available there along with my book, and my drawings are also available on spacedoutradio.com. Absolutely. And Filthy will be giving away a lot of art at our Vegas party May 8, 19th through 21st at the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas, our second annual fan party. We'd love for all of you to attend. You can find more information on our website. Thank you to Tim and Mr. Cowley for the Super Chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love and support. The Super Chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. So thank you. And here we go with our number two. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with hour number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Xenomorphic. Xenomorphic is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Paranormal researcher Taryn Kerper is here tonight. She's from the podcast Paranormal Brew. We've been talking about spooky stories and paranormal events all night long, and it's been a great show so far. We got hour two with her now. Taryn, welcome back. Yeah. Hello. Good to, good to have you here. I want to say there's a brown, brown Dwarf has been sharing all of my pages. Thank you so much. I just want to say thank you. I, I see in the comments that he's been sharing my pages. I appreciate that. My wrenches um, in the YouTube chat do a great job with that. Yeah. And then somebody else said, I don't sound like I'm from Jersey. I don't know what you're supposed to sound like from New Jersey. So I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> I mean, I'm 15 minutes from Philly. I don't know if that makes a difference, but yes, I'm not from North Jersey. I'm not from like the Jersey shore, like, you know, fist pumping and stuff, you know, but I don't know what, what that's what people are supposed to sound like from Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. No idea. All right, let's continue on here because you have dabbled into the cryptid world in going to search for Sasquatch. What was that like for you? 
Um, so that was interesting. Like, um, I'm, I think me and me and dirty were talking about it just before we went, I went on. So he's going to hear a replay. Um, <laughs> but, um, when I was with the group, uh, my, the group that I trained with South Jersey ghost research, um, we had a store, it was called, or he had a store, it was called the ghost hunter store. They sold equipment and stuff like that. A security guard from Princeton, New Jersey came in earlier that day. Um, some people were concerned because they saw something over on this, on, behind this hill. They Somehow some, they got a picture of it. Me, I'm a healthy skeptic when it comes to anything. So right away, I'm like, well, why did you take a picture? Like, because, I mean, I've seen, sh- like, I was at a point where a time where I saw, like, shadow things happening. And I had two cameras wrapped around my neck. And I just stood there like, what am I looking at? Like, I was... I did. There was no time for me to snap a picture, you know. When getting the job done right is job one, you need construction equipment that's built right. From compact track loaders to the world's number one selling compact excavator, the Kubota construction lineup features durable Kubota engines, more comfort, and the versatility to do it all and do it right. Visit your local Kubota dealer today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Lee Tractor Company. On the web at leadtractor.net. With the rewards from my free Keesler Federal checking account, it's like I'm getting paid to dine out. Did I mention it's free? Keesler Federal Credit Union, helping our members live extraordinary. Because I was still trying to figure out what I was looking at. Um, but anyway, the guy comes in, shows us this picture, asks if we want to come out. We said yes. So we go out to this golf, this big park in Princeton. And I don't, and I don't remember what it was called. Um, so where the picture was taken. So the picture had, it was like this picture of what looked like a Sasquatch, if you will, Bigfoot. Um, maybe from like mid thigh up. And what blocked him out was this, there was like this hill like this mini little hill where people could walk around this park on top of it you know but it was elevated and it went down and on the other side of that was more like of a swampy slash you know hay and field and farm and all kinds of stuff out behind that for the picture that the guy got this thing would have because the its head was touching one of the branches of the tree so naturally we go out and we're like taking pictures from where the guy was standing. Then we go up to see if it was like out of scale to see if the branch just looked like you could see it was touching. Um, he would have had to have been about 10 to 12 feet tall to get the ratio of where the picture was to see where you saw it, all kinds of stuff. So that was the first thing. Um, the other thing I noticed, and I didn't notice it until we were leaving or we were about to leave, but the woods was very still. There were no squirrels, no birds. Now, granted, this was like getting nighttime. It was like around seven, eight o'clock at night, but there was no wildlife. There were no sounds. There was no, which was odd. And you don't realize what you're missing until it's not there. You don't realize that until you don't hear it. 
Um, it's almost like if you remember 9-11 when there were, it was a no-fly zone and there were no planes in the sky and how quiet that was. Um, you just didn't realize that until after it was happening. Um, they had thought that they had seen some weird hair on the ground and I'm a skeptic. So I'm like, okay, you know. Um, and I said it out loud to them. I was, you know, friends with them. So I'm like, come on now. I was like, you know, it's like, whatever. We really didn't find much. I did smell something um, that smelled like poop um, at one point, And they all smelled it too. Now, I don't know if there were farms nearby. But again, there was no wind. There was no movement. There was no nothing. So I would think that in order for me to smell something from far away, wind would have to carry that smell somehow. Maybe not. I don't know. But somehow I smelled some weird scent. Um, we were leaving. And then where our cars were to where we were at investigating to where the picture was taken, I would say was about maybe a football and a half length apart. We got to our cars some people started their cars, people got in, we were standing outside talking. And from where we were just at was this, I'm not going to be able to explain it, but it was a growl, screech, scream, loud noise that came from where we were just at in that direction. And it was huge so loud and long. And then there was what sounded as if it was, there was a smaller one. And I've never heard anything like it to date before that or after that. I don't know what it was, but whatever it was, was loud. And it made a noise that I have never heard ever. And it was so loud that the people that were inside their cars with the, they, they, came out, they said, what the heck was that? And it was odd to me that they could hear it because it was so far away that you wouldn't think that people inside of a running car would be able to hear it, even though it was really loud. I, it was it was strange. The whole thing was just strange and unexplainable. I know just, so. a, f- just a few weeks ago when we had our My Last Sasquatch encounter here in the forest, Shortly after that, way off in the distance of the forest, it was like Ric Flair was out there because all of a sudden we started hearing "woo" coming from the forest, and there's Whoa. nobody out there. Like you, you got to realize, I live in a town of eighteen, eighteen hundred, two thousand people. There's not a lot of people around here. Most of them are at home by eight o'clock. You know, yeah. And then there's us weirdos chasing monsters at night in the middle of the forest. And mm-hmm. it was just the oddest, oddest thing in, uh, in hearing that. And, and so I understand yeah. with what you're saying. I mean, there are strange things out there, you know, the poo s- smell. I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense to something being a- around because there's many a times where people have, have smelled foul stench around cryptids, namely Sasquatch. So, I mm-hmm. mean, that makes sense, too. At any time, did you, were you fearful of, of the situation you had put yourself in? No, I wasn't. Um, 
I wasn't afraid. Um, I definitely, when I heard that, if I had been any closer to where that, that yell was, I might, I might have been. But I was right near my car, and it it came from where we were just at, and I knew how far away that was. So I was okay, but all of us, collectively, all of us, the security guard, everybody there, like, stopped dead in their tracks and was like, did you just hear? I'm like, how did you not hear that? I, any, I'm like, how couldn't anybody hear that? <laughs> like, you know, like, it was so loud. Um, and... And we couldn't tell what it was. We had no idea what it was. It it, it made the weirdest noise. Um, then I, I mean, afterwards you think about it, like, were we being watched by something, you know? And as we got to our cars, it was like, and stay out, you know what I mean? Like, don't come back, you know? Um, I, who knows? I mean, it, it was kind of, it had kind of a creep factor to it afterwards when you thought about it because of the timing of when we heard what we heard. Um, but yeah, I mean, the only other time something like that happened, um, Gettysburg is one of my favorite places to go. Um, I go to Gettysburg at least once a month. Um, and there was one time when I was walking down big round top that I heard not the same thing, but something unexplainably similar. Um, and I hauled ass out of there. Cause that was closer. <laughs> that scared me. Um, it, it definitely sounded like something was in those woods that I did not ever hear. It wasn't a dog. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything that I've ever heard before. And it didn't sound like what I heard that day in Princeton. You know what I mean? But it had a similar type growl scream, but it didn't sound alike. If that makes sense. That makes total sense. That makes total sense. I hope you don't mind. We're going to get some audience questions here because they are starting to build up. The Doug Shelby is wondering if you being from New Jersey, if you've ever looked into the New Jersey devil. So I do go to, um, I do go to Batstow village and Batstow and Atzion a lot, which is the Pine Barrens. Um, one thing you have to remember, uh, it's New Jersey. And the Pine Barrens um, is very scary. I'm more afraid of the people that are living in the Pine Barrens, in the woods there, than I am anything that I would come across unexplainable or phenomenal or, you know, paranormal. Um, But the Jersey Devil to me, and people are probably not going to like this answer, but I do not believe that the Jersey Devil is a legit thing i think the jersey devil out of all the cryptids or you know anything in that in that area i think the jersey devil is one that is definitely made up or not made up but maybe a a myth that has grown so i do believe that a woman had a child that was deformed and back then people hid those types of children from the community. They didn't want them, you know, and I think that people develop stories from this deformed child living in this house that never was allowed out. Maybe kids might've poked in and saw through a window and said, Oh my God, it's so disgusting. It has wings, you know, or it has this, it has that. I just think over time, the Jersey devil was embellished into this 
mean cryptid that flies and wings and and looks like you know satan you know what i mean like i just don't think that that one has a real i don't believe in the jersey devil hey i don't know i i think that's fair i think that's a fair answer if uh, you're be you're being honest with with the audience here let's go to the unknown can evps or electronic voice phenomena be just radio interference i don't know just wondering not sure. I mean, I think it would have to be able to pick up on that. I don't know if like an Olympus recorder can act as a CB radio or any way that could receive a radio wave frequency. I'm not sure about that. I would have to shop Academy Sports and Outdoors four day sale. Get up to 50% off bikes and ride-ons. Up to 40% off Adidas Champion and Puma Fleece. Shop with confidence with our price match guarantee. Visit your store or academy.com. Deals end December 4th. Exclusions restrictions apply. See academy.com slash disclaimers. Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. To um, look into it. Now, one thing with me, a lot of my EVPs, um, wind up being recordings of disembodied voices that I hear. So on the recorder, you're not just hearing the EVP, but you're he- you're hearing it, and then you're hearing me say, oh, I just heard this, and I say what I heard, and it's also called on the recorder. So you know I heard what I did, what I did say I heard. Does that make sense? <laughs> I feel like I'm going in a circle. <laughs> no, no. You know but- I, I think, though, that it, it is fair to say that that for many people, different gear is you. I think works for different people. Like my buddy Bill Hauser, when we were investigating a, a haunted area up here at, at a at a plane crash site, on you know we're using a, the ghost box where you know we have one radio signal in my town, one AM and one FM. And we got a name. And when we cross-referenced that name, that was a name that was on the flight. And, right. you know, that's just, you know, when you when you only have one station to really choose from, if you're using an FM dial, it really opens up the idea that there is something to it. And I believe, like, yeah. and like I said right off the bat when we were talking about it in the first half hour, I believe certain gear works for certain people and doesn't work for others because I can't get a voice off of off of a, a ghost box. I have friends who can. It, right. It, it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, too. I mean, I have like. Um, 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 my goodness, I hate myself sometimes. Like is I have all this stuff in my head I want to say, but then I, then I forget what I wanted to say. Um, um, yeah, like the, the recordings for me are mostly intelligent. I mean, even in Gettysburg, um, I mean, sometimes it, and it happens by accident and, you know, I throw around the idea, that idea of, you know, is it me, 
um, being so connected with Gettysburg and being so connected with the area and, and the nature and, and the spirit energy there, you know, am I helping to produce whatever's coming across my recorder? You know what I mean? Is it, is it more of a, a mind thing, but, um, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm getting stuff when I'm not even investigating, if you will, too, you know, so it's, it's crazy. Um, some of the things that you capture on the recorder, um, as opposed to, cause it's really, really hard to get anything on, on visual, on video, I think anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I embrace it all. We've got five minutes to go before we got to go to break at the bottom of the hour. Taryn Kerper, paranormal investigator, is our guest tonight. Let's get to another audience question here, Taryn. Dark Protocol is asking, you're into EVP. Have you looked into the research of Tony Rathman, who filters white noise from long radio waves on a certain frequency to engage in almost clear real-time conversation? So that's what I was talking about earlier. Actually, it was Ron Yacovetti and Lourdes Gonzalez that started the DRV. It's called Direct Radio Voice. And they work with Tony Rathman. I've actually had Tony on my show. Um, I think it was, yeah, Tony Rathman. I had him on my show. But like, so yeah, so it's, and I've been on um, on uh, their show, I believe at one point I shared a whole bunch of EVPs. I was on um if I'm thinking of the same person, I might not be, but, um, but yeah, the direct radio voice is very intriguing to me. It's, it doesn't go to any radio frequency. It just, and then, so whatever you're picking up on there, but again, you know, I still question it only because, you know, when we're investigating, we aren't getting that constant connection of communication but then when people turn on the spirit boxes and when people turn on these apps and when people turn on this stuff it's almost as if it's like just communicating left and right and you're like how is this happening when it doesn't happen like that any other time i can understand maybe it's that a, maybe it's a piece of equipment i don't know i mean again and then that that's what makes me question equipment altogether like you know we shouldn't if we can communicate with spirit, spirit's energy, and, and we're energy and stuff like that, why do we need all the electronic shit? Oh, stuff. I apologize. Stuff. I am sorry. That's all right. That was a slipperoo. <laughs> I am sorry. Oh, that's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll clean that one up. How about that? We'll clean I that. apologize. I am so sorry. Uh, I, I do want to get to, can we sneak in another question here? Let's go to... Yeah. Mennonite Abe, Taryn, what do you think ghosts are? Dead people, replay of past. What are your theories? Um, well, replay of past. I don't think are ghosts at all, spirits or anything. I think that uh, that's what. I mean, there, people call it so many different things now, but residual would be one. You know, where it's just you know the an Earth's natural recording of something that happened in time and. They don't know. They don't see us. We see them, but they don't see us. I don't think that that is spirit. I think that's just a recording, a natural recording of of, of a time. You know, the Earth recorded it. Um, ghosts. 
I mean, if we're talking spirits and, and people that, and, and human or people that have passed away and those are, you know, that's what we're going and investigating for about ghosts. Um, yeah. I mean, I believe that they are people that have passed away that stick around. They come and go as they please. Um, and I think, you know, they come in, you know, that they're in the, where they're at for a reason. Um, whether they're attached to a location, you know, or the land, or could be a family member if it's in your house, you know. Um, in Gettysburg, I, I believe that it's mostly the uh, soldiers that fought there, you know, and then the people that helped people in town. Um, I think that they're there, you know, I think they're there because of, uh, you know, people, there's millions of people that go there a year to honor them. And I think they love seeing that honor and love feeling that honor and, and seeing them being honored. And, um, so I think there's a, a million things that they could be to what, what do I, I, I have no idea. I don't think we'll ever really know what it is. See, I always thought they were dead people. I always mm -hmm. thought they were dead people until we ran into, we were doing an investigation along the old gold rush trail. And then all of a sudden the, the spirits would not move off the path. And we ended up figuring out that they were actually had a, a two horses in a carriage with them. And once we all moved off the path, then they started, uh, you could see them through our gear, their energy uh, leaving areas like they were going, okay, the path is clear. We can now uh, go down the path. Right. I mean, honestly, I, I think that whatever it, whatever it is that we are communicating with, the possibilities are endless of what it could be. I mean, I would love to believe that it's people that, Absolutely. Let's, let's continue it when we return on Spaced Out Radio. Taryn Kerper is here for another half an hour. We're going to continue on with the Paranormal Talk on the Mighty SOR. So stay tuned. We're having a lot of fun tonight. I hope you are too. We'll be right back. We are clear. Yeah. So right now, are we still on there? We're still on YouTube, not on radio. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. <laughs> I, yeah. think I don't want to. I don't want to like start talking normal, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it happens. It happens. I'm not too worried about it. Um, we could fix that. Um. Yeah, I think I, I think the possibilities are endless with whatever it is that we're communicating with. You know. Um. It could be another dimension. It could be maybe we're the ghosts. Mm -hmm. You know, who knows? Mm -hmm. I would maybe agree we're with that. the yeah. Maybe we're the ones that are invading somebody else's privacy, and you know, every once in a while they hear us, and that's what we 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 get a response from them because they're like, "What the heck is that in our house?" <laughs> you know, you never know. I don't know. I, and that's part of the fun mystery. It's part of the fun mystery of it all. And what are the different, like, and that's the other thing. I mean, most recently I just saw 
I just saw, if you saw, did, um, if anybody has seen it, they'll know what I'm talking about, but American Horror Story, the first season, they, she was seeing a man that was, what was like the shape of a man, but he was in a black, like a black suit, this black pleather suit. And um, I was on vacation. I was down in Myrtle Beach, just enjoying my time. And I turned and I saw what looked like that, that, that thing in, that was in the, the first season of American Horror Story. Are you a Jeep owner or do you want to come watch a Jeep parade? Either way, West Baton Rouge has you covered. Friday, December 2nd, it's the Jingle Jeep Parade. Fun for all ages. Deadline to register is November 30th. For details or to register, visit westbatonrouge.net. Don't miss the Jingle Jeep Parade in West Baton Rouge. Come for the parade, stay for all the lights and fun. Visit westbatonrouge.net today and join in the fun for the Jingle Jeep Parade. If you love to travel, you love cool experiences, you are going to love Viator. Viator is the world's leading travel experience marketplace. And for me, Sun Valley skiing is huge on my bucket list. So I just opened the Viator app, searched Sun Valley, and boom! Custom ski and boot fittings and tickets delivered right to our condo. Pretty unbelievable. Just download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking. One app, over 300,000 experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Looks like this man wearing a black pleather suit. And the whole time I saw it, I didn't hear anything. There was no noise around me. And it, it went away so quick. It like went behind the wall. And as it went behind the wall, the dog came walking out from behind the way it was walking. I didn't even hear the dog walking back towards me. But as the dog came closer, my ears started to open up again. And I said, did you just see that? I was so taken back by what I saw. And everybody was like, what? And they know I'm paranormal, but they're like, oh, come on. No, we're not staying here if there's ghosts here. You know what I mean? Like, what did you say? And I, I never see anything. I am not somebody that, you know, can walk in a room and, and I don't see stuff hardly ever. And I said, I just saw, and I explained it to them and nobody saw. And I said, I didn't hear anything. I said, that was the weird part was like, I didn't hear anything. And it just, everything came back as soon as the dog came walking over. But I didn't even hear the dog walking over to me. It was the craziest thing. What was that? I don't think that was a, that was a human spirit. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was, and that's how it, how the, how it comes across to me. Or that's what the energy it has to be able to be seen. I have no idea. But it was crazy. That is totally crazy. Totally it was crazy. crazy. It was crazy. I was like, I'm on vacation. Yeah, no. Let it go. I don't want to be here. I'm on vacation. Right. Oh, yeah, that was pretty interesting. That's just fantastic. Um, One time I was at work and I was the last one there and it was an old house. You could hear anybody walking around. And I was getting ready to leave. I had to leave by eight o'clock. That was my time. It was 7.55. I remember looking at the computer like, oh my God, five minutes. I had all my stuff packed and I'm just sitting there. And I, loud as day, hear a woman say, what is this place? 
And I was like, what? Hello? You know, totally caught me off guard. I said, hello. I'm like, can I help you? Nothing. I got up. I walked around. I went upstairs. I was yelling. I messaged my manager. I said, is anybody here? They said no. And I'm like, okay. So I went back downstairs. I said, this is a doctor's office. Do you need help? Because I can help you. Like I started to try to engage and I got nothing after that. But that, that was creepy because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't thinking about investigating. I was actually thinking about what I'm stopping at Taco Bell on the way home, oh, you I know, Taco and Bell. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> the closest Taco so. Bell to me is, is, um, two hours away. Yeah. That? Yeah, I know. Hold on, we're coming back in like five seconds. Thank you to Tim and Mr. Cowley for the super chats tonight. Very much appreciated. Here we go, everyone. past the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives. YouTube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight. We have her till the top of the hour, paranormal investigator Taryn Kerper, who also has a podcast called Paranormal Brew. We're glad that she's here. I've had so much fun with you tonight, Taryn. Thank you for doing this. I hope so. I hope so. I hope I, I hope I'm answering the questions, you know, good that people are understanding because I tend to go in circles and talk faster than my thoughts. So <laughs> it's one of the things with having ADD and being an investigator, you know, it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to focus. It's hard to you know what I mean? So you really it's really challenge. It's a challenge, you know, um, but I work on it every day. Well, well you're, you're a real trooper tonight. You are a trooper staying up late for us. So thank you for that. You know, right before the break, you were kind of getting into, you know, what is a ghost? Is it a different dimension? Is it a spirit? Is it a, is it a former human? What is it? I mean, it opens up so many doors as to what is really out there. What, where do you figure we are regarding all of this? We're about this big. We're about this big. I think, we wouldn't be, I, I, I mean, the universe is so huge. It's infinite. And I feel like there's so much out there that we have no clue, even the slightest of what the possibility, the possibilities are endless. We're no closer you know? to any answers. We are really no. no closer to any answers. This is why I always say, if somebody, you know, there's a lot of charlatans out there who say 
They've solved this. They know how what's going on. They know everything. Stay away from them. Stay the hell away. Yeah. It's not good. Not good. Let's get to another question from our audience here. Let's go to Shiro. She's asking. Tara, um, no. Do you uh, do you uh, ever believe use dowsing rods to ask spirits questions? Um, I've used them twice um, over the years. Um, again, um, I do. I know people that have used them and they know how to use them very well. Um, myself, I mean, I put them in my hands and I was standing there and they just started to go. And I had no idea why. Um, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. Um, and uh, this was at a location in North Jersey. Um, but but people I know that use them. And for me, I still think that there's just too much of a chance of, uh, and I'm not saying people do it on purpose, but I feel like there's too much of a chance of a manipulation there with your hands. You're, there's no way that you can be 100% completely still, you know, and, and because the slightest little movement with those things, they move, you know, and, I know I see it. I see people use them and they, they cross when they say to cross and they do this and do that, you know, I mean, is there something behind it? You know, I, 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 there could be, yes, but they also are reused to find water. They're also used for other things. So it's so hard to just pinpoint one thing and, and use that and say that, you know, use that as evidential, you know, documented, you know, evidence, I guess, if you will, um, because there's so many other factors that could interfere with the rods. It's the same thing with the equipment. You know, a lot of people don't understand that their cell phones can cause it to go off. Their walkie talkies can cause it to go off. Themselves can cause it to go off. You know, you have to know how to use all that stuff to know if it's working, to know if it's working right. Right. Well, let me ask you this. What has convinced you over the years? Was there a particular piece of evidence or was there a particular uh, case that you worked on that really led you to believe that all of this was was very real? My, fir my first experience. My first, when I was in Gettysburg the first time, um, I had several experiences that weekend and um, that are very unexplainable. That was when I started to think, you know, I, I want to say I always believed in it, but I never, I didn't realize that it, I was always afraid of it. That was when I didn't get afraid of it anymore. But I think, um, oh God, there's so many times I can't even pinpoint, you know, I mean, hearing disembodied voices to me, um, is something and then and then catching that on the recorder you know for me that is very validating what am i hearing i don't know or where it's coming from um but for me to hear i'm scared and nobody else heard it nobody said it and then when you go to li when i listen back on my recorder you hear i'm scared and you hear me go i heard i'm scared you know for me that's validating that there's something there either trying to communicate or communicating 
you know, um, to me, that's the most, the biggest thing that I, I, I contribute my belief onto is anything. I think I'm my best piece of equipment. I think if you're paying too much attention to all these gadgets, you're losing, you're losing your surroundings. You know, you're losing the, your senses around you. Um, I go into a location and I lay on the floor. I don't care how dirty it is. And I close my eyes and I listen and I take deep breaths and I smell and I feel the location. And I, because when I'm investigating, I want to say, oh no, you know what? When I was listening, I heard that sound. I know that it's this over here with the radiator or it's over here. This keeps happening. So it's behind the refrigerator. So it's something over here so that people aren't, I'm not sitting there the whole time going, what was that noise? What was that noise? You know, it's like, you already, I know. So if I hear something that's not familiar that I heard while I was laying there in that silence, then I know it's something that I should go investigate, see what it is. Did I answer your question? Yeah. Did I answer that? I'm just trying to figure out a follow-up to that because, you know, I, I do find that to be actually kind of logical and brilliant. You know, I mean, you're, you're letting your, your body do the talking. You're letting your, you're letting your own, uh, intuition do the talking, even though the gear is there to support you in what you're doing. So the, the idea behind that is this, how did you learn to trust your intuition that it was going to be giving you proper answers to everything? Oh, I, I've never, I, I don't know. I wouldn't know what the proper answers would be. So for me, when I, when I'm doing that, it's more or less trying to, I guess without using equipment, use myself as a, like scientifically wise. So like, I know that if I'm hearing the same ticking over and over, or I'm hearing noise, the, the wood creaking, or if I'm hearing it's like, I know that that's what that is. You know, whereas when people don't do that, you know, it's like every little creak, every little sound, everything's like, what's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? You know, and you know, they never, at least if you hear something that you're not familiar with hearing, you know, you have, you go check it out. You go see what it is. You go investigate it. Um, and, you know, a lot of times there is a, an explanation, you know, it's not, you're not always, it's not always paranormal. You know, and a lot of people go in, everything's paranormal. And that's not how it is. <laughs> so. I hear you there. Is, is there anything you will not investigate? Yes. Um, I am a firm. I stand firm on it. And I have. And so far, knock on wood, I've avoided um, anything demonic or negative. Um, I won't do it. When I was with my group. We had a special response team that would take cases that we called red flags. So there's a questionnaire people get. It's 52 questions. They'd have to answer those questions. Um, And based on those questions, we decided, you know, who went out to take care of this? Would it be, I call, I like Casper. That's what I call it for lack of better description. I'm all for Caspers. You know, I don't like anything in that realm. I stay away from it. Um, yes, doing this, I am open to it, but, um, you know, I, 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 I feel like I do, and I don't do use protection very much, but, you know, the negative stuff really isn't, 
out there as much as the TV shows leave everybody to believe, you know? Um, so, um, but I won't do it. If somebody came to me and said, it's a definite negative case, I wouldn't go. Right. Right. What about anything to do with children? I, I have help. I have held private cases with the kids, but it wasn't anything negative. You know, um, I stay in my lane and I know, I know what I can do and what I, what I can't do, what I'm capable of and what I'm not capable of. And, um, if I don't have the proper tools, education and knowledge to help somebody going through something like that, I have people that I refer out to, um, or call in, if you will, to take care of that, especially when it's children. I don't mess around because, you know, that's that's people's lives. I agree with you there. I agree yeah. with you there. Let's get to another question from our audience. Midwest is asking, have you ever heard them call out your name, them being yes. spirit? Yes. What's that like? And I have an odd name. So I'm always happy when other people hear it. Because to me, it validates it a little bit more because um, they always question it. Um, but yes, I have heard my name. Interesting. Follow up from Midwest. Have you ever had any hitchhikers follow you home? How do you personally get rid of them? Nope, I have not. I have not. Um, like I said earlier, I believe that that spirits are where they are for a reason. Um, if any have followed me home, I don't know that they have. So, um, if I know that I have known people to say that they have had people have had that happen and what they have done is gone back to location and opened their car door and said, here's where you belong. Get out, leave me alone, stay here. I'm going home, you know, um, which is something you can always do before leaving a location. So thank you for communicating with me. Now you have to stay here. I'm leaving. I'll catch you around, you know, if you want to just go that extra step to protect yourself. Always take that step. Always take that step. Let's go to I'm Spirit Wolf Linda M. Who is asking, hey, Taryn, do you want to know about the history of a place before you investigate or go in not knowing then validating? Um, so I do like to know, um, and I've investigated both ways, not knowing anything and then knowing, and I prefer to know the historical facts of a location, the ghost stories. I don't need to know, um, other experiences people have or what people may think is there, you know, Oh, we think it's, we call him Steve. He was the captain of the boat. You know, there's not, I don't need to know all that. I would, I just want to know the historical facts of a location, um, you know, the only time that that would be different is if it's a private house, obviously you need to know what the family is experiencing along with the facts of the, of the property. Um, so that would be the only way that it would be different. Um, I work with some psychic mediums. They don't like to know anything about the location. Um, so that's up to them. But as far as I go being a, a paranormal investigator researcher, yes. Private locations, I want to know everything. I am, I'm all up in your medicine cabinet. I am under your bed. I am in your business. But that's how it has to be if you, if you want the help, you know. Um, 
And it's all confidential. It's not like we're taking the information and we're running around and, you know, blasting it on everywhere. It's in complete confidence. Nobody would ever know that, you know, but, um, uh, like historic locations, I just want facts, you know, and, uh, stuff like that. It is all about the facts. It is all about trying to create a presentation so you understand what is going on. And, you know, you talk about, you know, hearing things and voices and everything. Applesauce is asking if you could pick up something in silence, then what happens in a crowded place for you? Um, it's when I'm in a crowded place, um, I have not heard anything. I tend to maybe have seen shadows and one time I saw a World War II soldier for three seconds. Um, yeah, that was crazy because it stopped me in the middle of a road because I looked up and I saw him. Like I even saw like, I saw the helmet, saw the strap. I saw the gun up here this way and he was on a mission and I saw him. And as soon as I saw him, he was gone. So I guess when my auditory canal is blocked, my visionary gets maybe a little bit stronger. Cause like I said earlier, I, I barely ever see anything, you know what I mean? So it's once in a while I actually do see stuff, but it's rare. I've never seen a, a I, well, I guess that would be a full-bodied apparition, I guess, but never seen anything really up close, facing me, looking at me. Um, to me, that might have been something residual because it looked like he was like on a mission, like walking. You know, he was almost like in formation, you know, um, marching. But nothing ever really intelligent. Let me ask you this. What scares you? It scares me. Um, well, not a fan of dolls. Um, I've never, I didn't own a Barbie even. <laughs> so I'm not a fan of dolls, but, um, I think what mo scares me most is ever coming up against anything that I'm not prepared, like as far as like negative or demonic or anything like that, like, and not being prepared for that. Do you ever, but, have you ever been put in that situation? No. Mm -mm. That's a good Now, um, I'm also really, really afraid of roaches. Like, deathly afraid of roaches. Like, I will freeze up rigor mortis, not move, pass out, afraid of roaches. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I know. It's, I know. It's snakes and sharks for me. Oh, I love snakes. Nope. No, <laughs> not. N no. Science Bob once took a picture of him having a snake in his pool down in Alabama. And I... I are you a Jeep owner or do you want to come watch a Jeep parade? Either way, West Baton Rouge has you covered. Friday, December 2nd, it's the Jingle Jeep Parade. Fun for all ages. Deadline to register is November 30th. For details or to register, visit westbatonrouge.net. Don't miss the Jingle Jeep Parade in West Baton Rouge. Come for the parade, stay for all the lights and fun. Visit westbatonrouge.net today and join in the fun for the Jingle Jeep Parade.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just uh, looked at him and said, Bob, I, I apologize, but you're going to have to torch your house now. <laughs> you're just going to have to. There's no choice. It's done. It's over. Right? Yeah. No, I, 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 I've actually had, um, I've actually had a, a, a like five snakes at one point. Um, I did at one point. I had a lot. I had snakes. I had a. I actually had a little, little uh, cane and alligator. Don't ask me. It was when I was living in Ohio, and we weren't allowed to have furry furry baby so i went reptile and just went all out and i i have a picture of it and everything but you know i also had an iguana at the time and they were both going to get to be the same size and i'm like i can't have both so i got obviously got rid of the smarter choice my, my dad was like what do you have a freaking alligator for get rid of it <laughs> you know like what are you doing i didn't know you could have an alligator for a pet I didn't know you could have one either. I don't know. I was 18 and I went down to the pet store. He had this cool thing. And I was like, that's cool. You know, not knowing any better at the time. Um, so, but I did. I brought it back because I was, you can't, I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Uh, let's see if we have any more questions from the audience. Yeah, we do. Uh, oh, we asked you that one. Uh, Raz is asking, is mainstream not going to ever be convinced Does he mean mainstream? Meaning what? The mainstream like, public. You know, uh, you know what? I I think more people believe than ever before. I mean, think about the people are believing the fake YouTubers. You know, people are believing all that fake stuff. People believe in Zach Baggins. People believe in you know all that stuff. You know, and and um. I think people are believing more than they aren't believing anymore, you know, but we'll never be able to 100% prove the existence of ghosts. You know, like I, I, we used to do lectures all the time. And, and one thing that my director used to say that stuck with me and it's so true because, you know, we were doing, he, we were doing a lecture one time and this guy said, you know, prove to me ghosts exist. And he said, I can't. And I looked at him. I was like, what about all these EVPs we got and stuff? And, and technically, you can't say that's a ghost because we don't know what it is, right? But he said, you know, I can't do that. But I guarantee you I have more evidence that they do than you have that they don't. And I was like, wow, that's a perfect answer. That is a great it's answer. Because it's, it? it's true. No, that is wonderful. We have about two and a half minutes left with you tonight. And this has been just an incredible show. I've had a lot of fun with you, and our audience reaction in our chat rooms has been pretty amazing as well. I mean, where do you see the paranormal going as we get ready to turn the calendar on 2022 and go into 2023? So 
I, you know, I really do see a lot of, of groups out there now um, taking advantage of putting events together for for a lot of good stuff. And that's what I love. I'm going to be a part of Potagrass for Pooches. So it's a paranormal event that all the proceeds go to um, uh, the local animal shelters. And I'm a huge animal supporter. So for me to see the paranormal come together to do stuff like that, is beautiful for me. I'm a part of Gettysburg Battlefield Bash. That goes to the proceeds go to wounded warriors and sick children, terminally ill children. All the proceeds we raised over eighteen thousand dollars last year, nice. and it all went yeah. Um, Potagrass for pooches are in it. He's in his ninth year. I mean, he's raised over a hundred thousand dollars for local animal shelters. I mean, it's amazing, you know. And it's 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 our paranormal community that does this stuff. Um, also, um, in July, I'm a part of, it's uh, for uh, homeless veterans, uh, our, our, our military veterans who are homeless. It's going to be take place at the USS Salem Battleship. And it's an event, and we're going to sell tickets for it. And 100% of the proceeds go towards a national, uh, a national charity that you know, houses and, and feeds veterans, homeless veterans and helps out homeless veterans. So stuff like that, stuff like that is where I, is what I love to see this, this is positive stuff going back into the paranormal and more positivity is going to create more positivity within the field. I agree with you. 30 seconds. Tell everybody where they can find your paranormal brew podcast. So paranormal brew is on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. Um, also, um, uh, Stellar Paranormal Events, um, I'm uh, the assisting manager for that, it's PD Regional, LLC, also Mackinville Paranormal, and Parafam Entertainment and Studios, um, Haunted New Jersey, Nationwide Paranormal, jeez, uh, yeah. You're everywhere. That's, You're I'm everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed it. Taryn Kerber, thank you so much for being on Spaced Out Radio. Very much appreciate you. Coming up next, we're going to head to the swamp. Swamp Dweller's got a spooky story for us. That Bigfoot Michigan Rob filling in for Super Duke tonight on the Cryptid Report. We'll be right back with more Spaced Out Radio, hour number three. Good job, buddy. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Did you have fun? I did. I had a lot of fun. I, I, I know I, I, I tend to just keep like going, like I keep talking and then it's like, I feel like I'm not making sense anymore when I'm answering questions. So I hope I, I hope I did answer everybody's questions. Okay. If, if not, anybody's feel free, they can message me and, and I can follow up with anything for sure. All right. We could do that. Definitely. Definitely. I did see somebody say something about parapsychology, and yes, it is a total thing. And um, I had two very good parapsychologists on, uh, Lloyd Auerbach and um, Elliot Van Dusen. You guys can check them out on Facebook and, and all that stuff. They they are fantastic parapsychologists in the field. Wonderful. Appreciate that. I'm going to let you go because i got to go check on my boy. Yes. But uh, thank you so much for staying up late for us. Uh, you're a real gem and, uh, let's do this again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you everybody out there. Love y'all. Thank you. 
Take care. <laughs> Good night. Good night. All right, that's Taryn Kerper. How awesome is she? Seriously, how awesome is she? That was so much fun. Just a beautiful, different look into the paranormal. I'm going to quickly step away and go see how my son is doing. Hopefully he's still asleep. I will be right back, and we can play a game called What Color Bandana is Bigfoot Michigan Rob Wearing Tonight? We'll figure it on out. Be right back.
All right, we are back. Um, let's see. Good morning, sweet Tony D in the UK. How you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Paranormal Brew. Thank you for subscribing, by the way. El Avni Volador wears pink ladies' panties. Yeah, I don't know where that jerk is, but uh, he's been around. Michael Fontaine, good to see you. And who else is here? Ed Parnell, good to have you here, man. Uh, Raul and Kevin going with a blue bandana tonight. Jules says red. Hi, Coral. How are you? Good to see you. We got 10 seconds. Thank you to Forrest Louie, Susie, Tim, and Mr. Cowley for the super chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love. Here we go, everyone. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Here we go with the third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. How about you join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio? Just do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. We got 30 days, 30 days. We're at 19,588 subscribers heading into tonight's show. I'd love to hit 20,000 before the end of the year. Could you help me out with that? I'd greatly appreciate it if you wouldn't mind. I really, really would. All right, let's continue on here. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Xenomorphic. Xenomorphic is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp. Kicking off hour number three, the Swamp Dweller is back with another spooky story. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. This case also involves a missing hunter, and like Robert Winters, David Lee Peltier has never been found. On November 3rd, 2018, Lee Peltier and his three friends decided to take a brief but familiar hunting trip through Namadji State Forest in Hinkley, Minnesota. All four men were experienced outdoorsmen, 
They weren't dressed for nasty weather, though, as this particular hunt was meant to be a quick expedition for lunch. Lee headed towards a nearby pond with John Warner, who was a part owner of the cabin they were using. According to Peltier's daughter, John and Lee separated intentionally with plans to meet up again. John made his way to higher ground atop the bluff while Lee walked along the pond's edge to flush out any deer. The hope was to send them straight into John's awaiting sights, but things didn't go according to plan. Peltier never showed up for lunch that Saturday, but his friends assumed he was trailing a deer. They really didn't think much of it at first, but soon an hour turned into a couple of hours, then dusk, and shortly thereafter it was dark. Lee's friends were officially starting to worry. With no cell service to be found, the men built a huge bonfire outside the cabin and listened for gunshots. If a hunter is in distress, they'll shoot three shots into the air, so they were waiting to hear anything like that, which they did not. They stayed up all night waiting for him. Megan DeCourcy, one of Lee's daughters, explained in an interview shortly after he went missing. The unkind change in weather hindered the search for their friend. The rain turned to snow and the temperature had dropped below 20 degrees. With the elements working against them, it was eventually decided to continue their search on foot in the morning. At dawn, the three men went out to continue their search for Lee. Then they headed down toward town, over a half hour drive away, to call 911. That call came into dispatch at 11.24 a.m. and within less than an hour, a real search was underway for Lee Peltier. The initial search included five officers from the Pine County Sheriff's Office and the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources, who searched on foot and by ATV until nightfall. The next morning, friends and family from the metro area came to help search the area that the hunters were in and circles nearly 93,000 acres in Pine and Carleton counties. Search crews and investigators reported the wet and treacherous terrain, such as swamps, bogs, dense tree lines which all made the search incredibly difficult. You have to see it to believe it. It's just one giant bog, Lee's son David said of the search area. There's some high ground in there, but not very much. It's so thick, it's easy to get turned around. We had a group of 12 of us in a search party, and we thought we were walking west, and then we stopped and looked at the compass, and we were going southeast. He continued, They typically find lost people within a half mile of their last known location, but I think it's a lot further away than they think. He was physically fit, and I think he covered a lot of ground. David believes his father, who visited the same cabin the previous winter, became hypothermic due to the conditions he faced, combined with the lack of protective gear he was last seen wearing. According to Lee's daughters, their father didn't have a backpack, water, or even a lighter on them. They, along with the others, speculated he could have possibly fallen into the pond he was circling, or he could have gotten turned around subsequently getting lost. In an interview towards the end of the search, the family said every time they walked out of that forest, they felt like they were leaving Lee behind. They continued to search the area and ask locals to help keep their eyes open. They know he's still out there. When investigators received cell phone records from AT&T, they showed that Lee made three phone calls at 1.40pm on November 3rd, one to each of his three fellow hunters. According to Lee's daughter, his phone hadn't died until 5.30 the next morning. She recounts that if he had somehow fallen or gone into the water on Saturday, his phone could have died long before Sunday morning. It's so hard and confusing because you think one thing makes sense and then it doesn't, she said. 
He's been hunting all his life. He grew up on a farm. He loved the outdoors. He would have known to fire his gun. If he were going to take cover, if he found a cave or something, he would have put a clue outside, left some sign. There has never been any recovered evidence relating to this case. No leads since the initial investigation in 2018. No DNA has ever surfaced in or around the area where he went missing. Unfortunately, as it stands today, nobody knows for sure what happened to Lee Peltier. Oh, scary, scary stories. These missing people. Wow. Thank you, Swamp Dweller, for another spooky story. The Swamp Dweller kicks off this show in the third hour each and every Monday through Friday night. We love it when the Swamp Dweller is here. If you want to hear more of his stories, you can for free. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads, and Swamp Dweller will be a guest here next month on this show to tell us some more spooky stories. I love him. I love the guy. All right. Speaking of spooky, let's go to the cryptid report. We got Bigfoot Rob filling in for Super Duke tonight. Look at that. Thank you, Bigfoot Michigan Rob, and your blue bandana tonight. Yes. We really do appreciate it. Now, now for our radio listeners who are tuning on in, Bigfoot Rob always has a different bandana on. So it's become, every time he comes into our chat room, what color bandana is Bigfoot Rob wearing today? So tonight we have... A blue bandana with looks to be like teardrops or something on there. These are teardrops, Dave. Very good. And you know, I was I was I was reading through chat, and a lot of people had made mention that Rob is probably wearing blue because his alma mater, the Michigan Wolverines, dispatched of the Ohio State. Are you a Jeep owner, or do you want to come watch a Jeep parade? Either way, West Baton Rouge has you covered. Friday, December 2nd, it's the Jingle Jeep Parade. Fun for all ages. Deadline to register is November 30th. For details or to register, visit westbatonrouge.net. Don't miss the Jingle Jeep Parade in West Baton Rouge. Come for the parade, stay for all the lights and fun. Visit westbatonrouge.net today and join in the fun for the Jingle Jeep Parade. Take care of your property with equipment you can count on, like the Kubota BX and LO1 Series compact tractors, part of our under 100 horsepower tractor lineup, rated number one for reliability, and Z-Series mowers and sidekick utility vehicles, where durability meets speed. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Visit GoKubota.com for a dealer near you. State Buck guys in formidable fashion, I might add. However, I'm now wearing the actual blue because I wanted to throw the our audience off just a little bit, and they were close. And I, uh, and you know, Dave, I'm kind of a little, um, I guess I might say embarrassed a little bit. I sent you a text the other day. I've been out of the loop for a little bit, and then there was a newborn. And you know, Dave, I did not know if it was your son or if it was. A grandchild. So I got the the light blue for the boy with the little Thank teardrops. You. Congratulations, Thank my you. friend. 
thank you so much. And and you know, I uh, I FaceTime my uh, my daughter every day because I have to have a look at him. I have to see what he's up to, and and yes. he is just oh, he'll be a week old. By the way, I also want to say a big thank you to our spaced out radio listeners before we continue, Rob. Tomorrow yes. is an historic day for the mighty SOR. Did okay. you know that? Um, I'm going to play, plead no. Well, tomorrow will be our eighth anniversary of being on the air. Wow. Not a lot of shows out there make it that long. We are we're number eight, going into birthday number eight, and so you know, hey, uh, you know what? That's, I, I said man, I was going to make some decisions, you know, when I hit the eighth anniversary, but I, I want ten. I want a minimum of ten of doing this, minimum ten years. I think, you know, Dave, I think ten is a great number. Then what you can do at ten is just look. Look back, reevaluate, see where you're at, see what you want to do moving forward, and then I say your decision should be to move for five more. But you got to make that decision in two more years. Well, I'm definitely, I'm definitely signing a new two-year contract with myself. Okay, uh, <laughs> we are in negotiation right now. Yeah. And I definitely want to continue myself, but the boss side of me is, you know, is, is pushing me pretty hard, you know, wants me to take a pay cut and all that kind of stuff. But the, the showman in me is like, Hey, I'm the star of the show, man. I'm not taking yeah, a pay you know, cut. You're going to give me a raise. Well, being that your own, you're your own agent. I'm sure that in the next two years, you can work out something financially because, you know, you're a smart guy, and I'm sure that you'll pave the way. Just like you've paved the way for eight years of success. Fabulous show, Spaced Out Radio, Dave Scott. I love you. I love the show. I found you three years ago, perhaps, and uh, fell in love with the show uh, the minute that I happened on it. In fact, it was uh, Spreaker Radio. You weren't even on YouTube, but I found this guy on Spreaker. And uh, it was about cryptids and and ufology and such, and and this is right when I had my encounter too, because I was looking for an avenue. I was looking for things, and I was an Art Bell fan uh, prior to even having an encounter. But then I found Space Out Radio, Dave Scott, the Golden Voice, and dude, I had probably have not. If I miss a show live, I certainly listen to it on replay because you have the best show on radio. Thank you, and I love it, and I commend you for that, my friend. Thank you, and, and you know, I was talking to one of our radio station owners tonight, in Len Novin down, who owns the Bull and the Rattler down in Apache Junction, which also bleeds into the Phoenix, Arizona area, and you know, Len is like Dave, you know. I love your show. We love having it here on our two stations. We are we are pushing it, and our audience is responding. And And you know what? Uh, I said to Len, I said, Len, if your audience is that strong, I said, we should do something in 2023. We should do something, you know, where I come down there and, and maybe bring a few guests with me, and we, we have a good time with, with the Rattler and, and the Bulls audience and, and kind of hang out. And go for it from there. 
you know, and he's like, man, let's do it. But, you know, I was talking to another one of our radio stations and, uh, and Jody Penu from, from Saga 960 and, um, and her, her uh, program director, Praveen, this is the impact of this show. I just want you to know this. When when we started on that sh- on that station, they were averaging around 150 listeners a night for their nighttime mm-hmm. programming. Since yeah. our first week on Saga 960, and we're going on almost three years there now. Okay. Our audience has grown 1,400%. That is just incredible. It's hats off. Again, 1,400%. You know, that's, you know, those numbers are like not even fathomable. No. I mean, that, that's, that's just, that would be something that I would sit back and, and dream about. Hell, most people dream about going 150, 200% would be like, a time to cheer, but at 1,400, uh, you know, the numbers are, uh, it's infinity. It's, it's past, it's, 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 it's blown up that big, but you deserve it, man. You put in the work, you have great guests. You always ask great questions. You have a great, uh, audience terrestrially. And now with the YouTube that you started, I think a couple of years back, I guess. And man, you've just grown. I'm, I'm proud to be a member of, uh, coming on here and being friends and uh and i love everybody in chat and and just a fantastic show man i love it i love it i do and uh congratulations man and here's a grandizer the rattler is a small station though i listen to the rattler for spaced out radio i've not tested the signal in the vehicle in phoenix city of tempe's picks up the rattler clearly absolutely uh so we have you know, hey, we're a growing audience out there. We're a growing audience in many areas. And we're going to be adding a new station here very, very soon in the beautiful state of Utah. Maybe, just maybe, near Skinwalker Ranch. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be awesome. And we're just trying to uh, line that one up here as we speak. So it's been a good run. It's been a good run. You know, I think it's a fantastic location. I'm just hoping, though, Dave, that, you know, all of the magnetic fields and all of the weirdness, you know, doesn't have come into any play with the with the connection, you know, with the broadband and everything else, the Internet and everything else going on, because that is such a strange place. But at the same time, it's iconic. And I think it fits the bill perfectly. Well, you know, a lot of I don't want this to, you know, we got a lot to talk about here coming up. But I I just want to say this, uh, you know, I don't care what size radio station we have, if it's in a small town, okay, or if it's in a metropolis type area. I really don't care. What I care about is the locations that care about product like we have. You know, like I would yes. love to get a I would love to get a radio station in Roswell. I would love to get a radio station in Sedona, Arizona, where you know where you know the woo is the mecca of what those towns are all about. That's what's important to me. That's what's what we're going for, and that's what I've instructed my team to look at for as well as as we continue 
to move forward. So it is kind of cool. I would love to add more Canadian stations being a Canadian myself, but, uh, you know, I just want going into our eighth birthday, I just want to say thank you to to a number of people. Uh, you know, Jody Panu at uh, Saga Nine Sixty for for really putting the trust and faith in our programming, and to uh, Len Novin and Ryan O'Neill uh, for their support, and uh, namely uh, from KZFX in uh, in Ridgecrest, California, Chuck Contreras, who has been an absolute mentor. And just a rock behind this show uh, in in really helping me develop it. Uh, Chuck is just an ace of a gentleman, and I can't speak highly enough of him. Our listeners in Bellingham, our listeners in in Washington, and our listeners in New Orleans, uh, we we really appreciate everything that you guys do, and and to all our listeners too for helping share the show and helping us grow. We're one of the only radio shows out there in this genre that has started from scratch. We didn't have a big company who backed us. We didn't have that. We've done this all on a pipe dream, on a pipe dream because I have a radio background. So it's it's really cool, Rob. It's really, really cool to see the reach that we have uh, have pushed this to, and it's only getting bigger. Yeah, and you mentioned it, quality and putting out quality and not caring about how big you get, but just putting out the quality content, which you do every night, is really the key to most everything. Quality, not quantity. Like a lot of people try to push quantity. And they say, you know what? Screw quality. Let's just put out quantity. Let's put out a million videos. and Or let's be on every station in the world. And if you're not doing your job, then... People see into that, and they and they figure out what your agenda is, and your agenda is that of quality and getting the message to uh, your loyal listeners. So uh, appreciated. I appreciate you, my friend. We got three minutes to go here before we go to break at the bottom of the hour. Uh, tell me what what are we what are you teasing us with tonight? Well, you know, uh, yeah, I can tease you. What I've done, you know, Dave, I you know, much like you know, thinking from the quality aspect, you know, on my channel. Bigfoot Mystery Rob, I do some encounter stories from subscribers, but you know what I've also done? I've done that. I've been, I've, I've done okay with that, but now I'm diving into some of these national park and, uh, and state park encounter stories. Oh, and I what like I'm these. doing, Dave, and what I'm doing, actually, Dave, and you know, and I still have the subscribers. I read those, but I do the research on these. I go online, I read them and I fashion them into a, a report and a story and I've been doing this for a couple of weeks, and it's it's going quite well for me. And and like you, Dave, I, I've been doing this for a while on the channel. It's like, man, I just got to make sure I get good quality content out there. Not necessarily have a million videos, but just to do something that people are going to want more of. And I find that these 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 encounters in these national state parks are, are fascinating. You know, you can tie it into the missing four one one. You can tie it into researchers out in the field that are trying to find out more about these enigmatic creatures and and now i'm really immersed with this now the new part of what i do amongst the other things you know with the live shows that we have a couple days a week and such and and yeah i'm really liking i'm loving love right loving life right now you know i do miss the bar i miss it you know i i know i remember back in the day uh you know broadcasting your show from the back of the bar and 
and we had some great times. That's when that's when I first met you. Actually, I called you from the bar. You go, man, we got to have you on doing a broadcast. So we came up with the uh, the woo game, and we came up with a plethora game. Everybody had a drink, have a drink, and or buy a drink, and it worked out well. Then, of course, I sold the bar, but now I'm a hundred percent into this uh, into this research and into this quote unquote YouTubing, I guess you call it, whatever you want to call it, media relations. And uh, I, I'm enjoying it, man. And uh, and because of you, man, I, I really owe a lot of it to you because I looked at you as a, just watched you and said, man, I got to start doing something like that. And I did. And and right now I'm happy. I'm pleased with the with where everything's going right now, man. So thank you for that. It's kind of like a mentor. Uh, you're way too kind. You're way too yeah, kind. Well. You know, just like you, Rob, I put my, my radio voice on one night at a time. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, so, uh, I don't have a radio voice, but you know, it's uh, you know, I, I work on that too. <laughs> well, the one thing that I could guarantee for both you and myself, my friend, is we both have faces for radio. <laughs> we definitely have faces for radio. And you know what? This is where I, I'm going to say right before we go to break. This is why I love meeting our fans, and this is why we're putting on our second annual Las Vegas fan party at the Golden Nugget casino and resort in las vegas on the old strip may 19th through 21st we would love to see all of our fans or as many as possible show up and join us that weekend in las vegas to hang out have some we will be a part of a live youtube show that we're going to do and meet some of your favorite guests there who come on this show as well We'll get into it more as the weeks go on. Spaced Out Radio continues with the Cryptid Report right after this. All right, we're clear. All right. Thank you for those kind words, man. I appreciate. Hey, that. well, you know, hey, I, I, you know, I met them, man. I, you know, me, I, I wear my emotions on a sleeve, and if I say something, I mean it, and I'm not a fluff guy, and uh, and I did mean it. So, uh, yeah, yes. Uh, you're welcome. I appreciate that, man. You know, it's uh, it's been a long, hard, arduous road, but you know, would I change it? No, no. I'm glad I did it. I just wish that. Um, <clears throat> I just wish that I earlier on I would have chosen better people to to uh be a part of us people who had you know our best interests at heart not their own you know that's but you got to make yeah. mistake you got to make mistakes in order to to uh learn from them you know what i'm saying yeah you know making mistakes isn't really a bad thing because as you said i couldn't say any better myself you learn from our mistakes hell you learn from mistakes in life they don't even have to be in business or running a radio station that could be in anything. You know, you, you got to fall before you can, what's the old saying? You've got to crawl before you can walk, before you can run. And uh, and a lot of times you got to take those those pitfalls in life moving forward. And uh, and that happens, man. But you know what? You're better off for it because that enables you to build a, a more powerful entity, business, station, whatever, whatever your goal is in life. It doesn't even have to be media. It could be, you know, a factory worker, a bar owner. It could be, you know, a retailer, a Walmart, you know, it, whatever you need to do just to, to, to improve on yourself. 
and uh, and and, just, and always surround yourself with people you can trust. And uh, I was fortunate with the bar for thirteen years uh, because uh, there was this part of my life where I got dark when I had my encounter, and and I gave the keys to my manager, and I told her, "You're not going to see me for a while. Just take the money and put it in the bank." I hope you don't rip me off. And six months later, I showed up to work, and uh, every penny was accounted for. That's the type of people you need to be surrounded with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, so. I agree. And I think, you know, our team from from Cat and Dirty Filth to to the Weekend Crews to Terry Hall and Chuck Contreras and others behind the scenes, uh, Justin and Ashy, I mean, th- it's just incredible, absolutely incredible uh, that uh, it's eight years, eight years. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, the only bad thing about that is at the time, I find when I turned 50 a couple of years back, that the time just flies by now. That's the only thing that I am kind of like, ugh. The time just goes by very fast. You know, I, hell, I, yeah, I can't believe I've had a channel for two years. I started marketing it last year, and I only had a channel because to do my encounter, and then here I am doing this. And, uh, yeah, time flies. Time just flies. You know, I remember my niece and my nephew were five, six years old. I used to fly from Chicago every weekend to watch my nephew play football at the age of five. I remember it. As plain as day. Now that kid's like twenty eight years old. I'm like, geez, oh, Pete's. Oh yeah, dude. It goes quick. It goes way too quick. You know, like I, I remember, like I was saying last night. I remember when when we started this show, and we had fifteen, twelve to fifteen listeners on average. And I and I remember thinking, I was so stupid and naive in this field. I remember thinking, you know, like. Where is everybody? How how do we, you know, how am I going to do this? And I figured, well, mm. you know, this is what I got to do. And I just put our head down. The evolution of social media has has been yeah. uh, a blessing point and a and a uh, a detriment at the same time. Uh, Absolutely, you know, social media is tough. It's very hard. Um, it's just ever evolving and changing and it's difficult to keep up, you know, but we've got the right people now where I think we're, we're getting into place here, you know? Yeah. You know, that that's, that's the key people, people make the person, I mean, and not the person, not your personality or how you act as a human being, but the people behind any project or business is yep. our, are key. Without them, you're you're really nothing. Absolutely. You could be the best in the world, but if you don't have people surrounding you, it don't really matter. You got that right. All right, my friend, we're gonna get going here. Stay tuned. Sounds good. Rounded third, we're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much 
for tuning us in. want to remind you that if you miss most of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. The Cryptid Report tonight has Bigfoot Michigan Rob filling on in for Super Duke for World Bigfoot Radio. Coming on in with the Cryptid Report. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. What do you got for us tonight? You know, Dave, as I had made mention a little earlier, I've got some reports that I, I, I kind of researched these, and I'm looking at these reports coming out of uh, national and state parks. So I've read the reports, and I've kind of fashioned them according to uh, for uh, delivering them to the audience. So I hope you enjoy it. And, again, it's a combination report with a little story behind it. So uh, let's get started here. National Park Salt Fork. National Park, uh, according to the USA Today, this park in Ohio claims to be one of the most heavily saturated areas. Are you a Jeep owner or do you want to come watch a Jeep parade? Either way, West Baton Rouge has you covered. Friday, December 2nd, it's the Jingle Jeep Parade. Fun for all ages. Deadline to register is November 30th. For details or to register, visit westbatonrouge.net. Don't miss the Jingle Jeep Parade in West Baton Rouge. Come for the parade, stay for all the lights and fun. Visit westbatonrouge.net today and join in the fun for the Jingle Jeep Parade. Popeye's Driver here with the shipment of the seasoning for our new blackened chicken sandwich. Do you copy? Copy that. Do you copy me? Copy that. I got paprika, cumin, and onion. Copy. Copy that. Salt, black pepper, white pepper. Copy that. Red pepper. Copy. Copy that. Almost forgot about garlic. Copy that. Do you think others will copy us? Copy. Copy that. I'm sure they'll try. Introducing the new blackened chicken sandwich. No breading, all flavor. Non-breaded and fried at participating U.S. restaurants. Love that chicken from Popeye's. In the state of Ohio for Sasquatch or Bigfoot hi- uh, sightings, excuse me. And uh, this report starts out with two hikers, John and Larry. Uh, they decided to spend the afternoon in this national park, as they often do. Uh, they're out there to be with Mother Nature and explore all that she had to offer them. Uh, the two men had grown up together and often made this a monthly ritual uh, to go off and, and hike upon their favorite trails. Throughout the years, the two friends had never experienced what was lurking in the shadows for them on this sunny winter day in January of 2012. Quote, John, we should not be here, he exclaims, as he and Larry came upon a shadow in the woods. It stepped out of the tree line to give them a full view of something that today is hard to imagine. To their disbelief, a hairy, upright creature standing about seven and a half feet tall emerged and was walking on two legs. The two men looked at each other, and for that brief moment of of glancing at each other, their terror heightened as this possible Bigfoot or alleged Bigfoot Sasquatch had growled at them, showed off red eyes, and then disappeared back in the depths of the tree line. And that, of course, that came out of, uh, again, as I mentioned, the Salt Fork Forest in Ohio. A lot of things go on in Ohio, Dave, that I'm really starting to realize. Oh, there's a lot of weirdos and creatures in Ohio. I mean, you think of the the Loveland Frogmen. 
Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Dogman. The Ohio Grassman. The Grassman. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. Hauntings, everything. It's amazing. Not to, not to mention, uh, you know, their weird football team that, uh, of course, uh, the Wolverines hey, took care of. you leave Saturday. the Ohio State alone. <laughs> I had a buddy who played there. Well, you know what? Then I'll, I will retract that statement. The Ohio State. The Ohio State. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I did go to the University of Michigan. That's why I have such a passion for it. But I get it. I get it, Dave. And uh, I got another one here I can bring up. I don't know what the time is. Um, oh, we got lots of time. Okay. We got uh, this is from the New River Gorge National Park. And this encounter was reported by Billy Humphrey and wife Sheena out of Denise County, West Virginia. Less than a mile from this newer American National State Park, this report slash encounter takes place in October of 2019. Billy Humphrey has stated time and time again, Dave, that, you know, Bigfoot does not exist. Of course. You'd have to be. You'd have to be crazy to think otherwise. More or less his words that Mr. Humphrey stated during an interview with the local newspaper from the hometown of Denise. Humphrey, former U.S. Marine, avid hunter, and coal miner from his hometown, keeps going over and over what he encountered during preparation of his hunting blind a mile or so away from his home. In setting up his deer stand roughly nine feet off the ground, Billy had spread an assortment of food several feet away from the blind in the hopes of drawing some deer into view. I got to say, Dave, I don't like a hunter that has to bait his his prey to come in. Just go out, be natural, go look for it. Don't spread food out. I That's just my two cents. That's my two cents. Well, upon returning several hours later to his blind, he had noticed that all the food had been gone, eaten, Frustrated at this, or at this finding, Billy once again scattered more food in the hunting area. Surely there are rodents ranging from squirrels, possums, raccoons, deer, what have you, in the area. But to gobble up this bait so fast seemed highly irregular to him, as he does this all the time. This time, Billy spent the second night in his stand to investigate who these culprits were. That night, an eerie feeling and unsettling feeling overcame Mr. Humphrey, so much that he sent a text message to his wife, Sheena. Then suddenly, out of the darkness, something approached him directly in the back of his blind, and what he imagined was a heavy footfall. Billy now was about nine feet up in his uh, tree stand, and he had attached a light on top of the stand. Now, the movement moves from the back of him and passed directly in front of this, the stand, which casts a large shadow in front of him, cast from the light. Billy had thought this more than likely was a bear. The next morning, Billy had described the night's event and asked Sheena to join him after she got off work. Sheena agreed, and at approximately 4 p.m., they left for the hunting site. After reaching the location, the couple waited until nighttime to be on high alert and look out for these culprits. After 15 minutes past sunset, Sheena exclaimed to Billy, there he is. 
there's who, you know, Billy, what a dumb, this guy, I don't even like this guy. Billy retorted who? She says, Bigfoot, I, she replies. Billy reached for his cell phone and claimed he snapped off a picture of what appeared to be a Sasquatch. The Bigfoot turned towards the couple, moaned, and disappeared into the darkness of the forest. Billy Humphrey did not go back to this location for over a month, still a disheveled, still disheveled from this experience, and when he did find his tree blind after going back later, again, nine feet up in the air, it was torn down, tattered, and spread all over the ground beneath where the stand was perched. That had to be something strong and definitely able to use its hands, not paws, hands in order to make that happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, he thinks he sees a shadow of a bear and, and you know, and you got to think this, whatever this was, we'll call it a Sasquatch, I suppose, it, or, or cryptid of some sort. It goes nine feet up, as you made mention of, takes his hands, tears this thing apart, doesn't make a mention of how how big the the tree stand was. I imagine it was your, your typical size blind and to tear it apart. And that is immense strength. And again, nothing with, with pause did do that. Dave, I totally agree with that one. Makes very much sense. I think we got time for one or two more here, Rob, if you have them available. Okay. Yeah. You know what I do, Dave, because uh, I've got, I've written several or and from uh, my research here, and I got one from the Shoshone National Forest, Wyoming, 1972. While at Wild River Range in the Shoshone National Forest, fish and game biologist John Mazinski, who works for the state, happened upon a very intense Bigfoot encounter. While his first thoughts was that of a bear, again, a bear, Dave, that it came upon his campsite. Is According to this story, there was a lot of freshly cooked foods emitting an, an intense aroma into the fresh Shoshone air. John had been tucked away in his tent after a fine evening of eating some bacon, beans, and, and a fresh half pot of coffee. The time had gotten away from John as he was poised for a good night's sleep with the next day's planned event of getting up early and trying to snag a few trout from the crystal clear river that ran through the range. The moon was high and bright. John figured the time to be close to midnight when suddenly he heard a a rough-sounding grunt, and a shadow move up alongside his tent. The shadow appeared to be moving slowly and was lower to the ground when the movement stopped. Mr. Mazinski raised his right hand and smacked at this animal through the tent wall while yelling and shouting rather loudly at this, again, apparent bear. The smacking at the animal and shouting through the tent seemed to ward off the bear. In other words, Dave, when he t- takes his hand and he smacks through the tent, he feels something on the other side of the tent. Right. Uh, after a few minutes, the creature returned two more times up close to John's tent, twice now. Now a third time comes upon him. However, this was a lot different, Dave. Uh, the body or shadow that loomed close to the ground was now standing upright. Oh, my. On its legs. And then the image cast in the shadows was not that of a wobbling bear. It stood it stood firm and taut. This was no bear, John thought aloud. And again, I thought it was not either as I was going through this. 
He struck out towards this creature when suddenly the the tent, an arm, as he describes, came crashing down on top of the tent. Just before the tent collapsed, John noted that uh, at the end of this arm was a hairy, outstretched hand, oversized hand, that looked much like a human-shaped hand, and it certainly was not the paw of a bear. Um, he said distinctly that he noticed at least four fingers and an opposable thumb. Right. The, cr- the crashing down the tent seemed to ward off this humanoid-type intruder. After John got out from beneath the tent, he stumbled over to light a fire. To light a fire, he was sitting in an upright position with a firearm. Now Dave reached in his hand. He drifts off to sleep. Now John's awakened by some sounds of something hitting the ground all about him. Rather quickly, he noted that the falling items were pine cones. After realizing that the closest pine tree was several yards away and there was no breeze in the air, John realized that someone or something was actually throwing the pine cones at him. John continued to look from tree to tree when he finally found his nemesis. The tall, upright figure indeed was tossing out pine cones. I'm going to get you with that pine cone. The pine cone, the attack of the pine cone, the wild pine cones. Having had enough, John slowly started to walk down the trail away from what he today believes was a Bigfoot. John did report this incident to the local DNR in the area, and he was kind of pleased to find out that this was not the first type type of strange activity to report in the Shoshone National Forest regards things such as pine cones being thrown at people and the, uh, the wreckage presided uh, in the campsites. What do you? I don't mean to be rude, but why throw a pine cone, man? You know, I don't know either. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Dave. I've been doing this for a little while, as you know. I had rocks thrown at me. I've talked to a lot of people on daily, almost, and it's always, you know, you always hear about the rock being thrown. You know. Can you imagine, okay, you're a 10-foot, 9-foot Sasquatch, and you're, you're trying to scare a person, and you're, halt, you know, you're, you're, you're gunning back and you're gunning pine cones when you can certainly gun a four-pound rock in the direction. I mean, it is quite, you know, that's not rude at all. I mean, it's either something, uh, it's, it's a Sasquatch with a loose screw, man. I don't know. Sasquatch with a loose <laughs> screw. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, Dave, if you like were a nine it, footer, it, man. Is that not a, but is that not a a a Austin Powers moment? You know, really? A pine cone? Really? Uh, really? You, you know what? Hey man, you know, and again, I didn't alter this and I'm and I'm writing this and reading this on like a pine cone. I thought the same thing you did, but I'm not gonna insert the words rock, right? I'm going to present it as I researched it, and that's what it was. And certainly, I could have made it more dramatic. But, you know, this is what it was. That's how I interpreted it. And they said pine cone, and that's what we got. We got pine cones being tossed into a camp. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) You know, so, yeah. But but I agree 100%, man. That is kind of quirky, don't you think? 
<laughs> Excuse me. Yep. I don't even know what to think there. Bigfoot, Michigan, Rob, do us a favor. Yeah. Tell everybody where they can find your YouTube channel. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's very easy, you guys. You don't even need the link. I'll put it in later, I guess. Bigfoot's Michigan Rob on YouTube. Type it in, hit enter. Um, I do a lot of reports like these on my channel. I make videos. Also, I got a new show. It's Tuesdays, 9 p.m. in the East, Beyond BMR. Had a great show just earlier today. And I also do on Thursdays at 1 p.m. in the East, Brunch with Bigfoot, Mr. Rob, where I interview a lot of great researchers and experiences. I've been doing this that show for now a little over a year now. And uh, I just appreciate you guys come over, subscribe, check it out. If you like it, give the thumbs up. If you don't like it, don't come back again. But I guarantee you this. If you're into this field, you'll dig my show, Bigfoot Mission Rob. Thank you, Dave Scott. Again, congratulations on the child, on your success with the show, the eight years. And you know I'm probably going to have to come down to Las Vegas and help you celebrate. Oh, I, I missed last year I know. because of a death, because of a death, an unfortunate incident. I was bummed out. But you know what? Moving forward, buddy, I got to give you a big old hug, man. Oh, dude, we, we totally expect you to be there in Vegas. Totally Absolutely. expect you to be there in Vegas. Uh, you know what? One of the things we're going to be doing is Carter Bouchard, who's going to be there, is going to oh, be yeah. setting up the <laughs> SOR poker tournament. Oh, yes. I'm playing in that because I want your money and I want Bouchard's <laughs> money. You know, it's funny. I had him a couple months ago. We were talking that same thing. And, uh, He's pretty intense, man. I guess he, he does it for a living, from what I understand. Yeah, he now. does. He's at the casino you know? every morning. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I yeah, I think I saw him talking about that on the show some time back. Yeah, and uh he, he's a cool guy. Stick around for the after show, Rob. Uh we're gonna get to Shirky Pooh's news right, right now. What time is it? It's time for Shirky Pooh's news. Yes. Hey, if you're in a monopoly, you know how serious and heated a game could believe, could get. Well, a man in Tulsa, Oklahoma, took it a step further, arrested after allegedly firing a gun at family members because of a monopoly game on Saturday. John Ronald Dwayne Armstrong was arrested, and police said what started with a table and the game's board being flipped allegedly escalating to Armstrong's chasing his stepsister and stepfather into the street while pointing a gun at them. Officers with the Tulsa Police Department were called to a home for reports of shots fired. Police said they were told he had been drinking before the incident. Yeah, old alcohol and guns don't mix. Armstrong sustained a cut on his head, which is when he reportedly pulled out the weapon. It escalated quickly. No kidding, it did. From family game night to furniture being turned over and game pieces all over the floor, Officer Danny Bean stated to the media. Well, uh, do you remember that dude a couple years ago? They called him, uh, when he got arrested, his mugshot, they called him the wide neck. Everybody was, was like shocked at the size of this guy's neck. Well, Florida man here with the large neck who went viral in 2018 with his mugshot treated fans with another pick after he's been arrested again. Charles Wideneck McDowell of Pensacola did not break the internet like he does most of the neck holes of his shirt. 
Well, he did gain more than one million followers on social media after cops released his mugshot to the public. After that arrest, he released rap songs under the name, you got it, Wide Neck. (laughs) (laughs) You can't make this up. He teamed up with fellow famously necked online star Daddy Long Neck, a man with, well, a very long neck. They put out the next big thing, next big thing in 2020, which has since racked up more than 5.8 million views. According to his newest arrest report, McDowell show was uh, charged with aggravated stalking and withholding support after he showed up at a woman's home and also sent her threatening text messages. It doesn't get the job done. Doesn't get it done. Yeah. How's this one? A Texas woman allegedly let it ride a few too many times. Yeah, she scammed her boyfriend, an online boyfriend, out of a lot of money. How about $1.2 million, allegedly, that Lorraine Rue stole, according to Prosecutor Brent Eaton down in Hancock County? Yep. She went and she blew it all at casinos in Oklahoma more than 300 times over two years. Wow. Yeah, $1.2 million. Rue was arrested in Texas earlier this month on account of corrupt business influence and... 10 counts of counterfeiting. Sadly, this is a case in which the victim's heart was in the right place and the alleged perpetrator took advantage of that. Finally, finally, a California man's home security camera captured footage of an apparently uh, confused bear that attempted to make a meal out of an inflatable Rudolph holiday decoration. Yet Dave Lester filmed it on his South Lake Tahoe property. Said he awoke Saturday morning to find the inflatable Rudolph he had just put out for Christmas shredded. Sad news, Lester wrote. Woke up this morning to Rudolph laying on the ground unresponsive. No amount of CPR or duct tape could revive him. Lester shared security fam, uh, camera footage showing the decoration being mauled by a bear that visited his yard around 5 a.m. Now oh, you can't blame the animal for that. You just can't. Bigfoot Rob, thank you so much. Thank you to Swamp Dweller and our guest tonight, Taryn Kerper, talking paranormal all night long. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. Spreaker, YouTube, LGAP, Facebook, Twitch, Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, make a mistake. We're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu Train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. 
And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. Are you a Jeep owner, or do you want to come watch a Jeep parade? Either way, West Baton Rouge has you covered. Friday, December 2nd, it's the Jingle Jeep Parade. Fun for all ages. Deadline to register is November 30th. For details or to register, visit westbatonrouge.net. Don't miss the Jingle Jeep Parade in West Baton Rouge. Come for the parade, stay for all the lights and fun. Visit westbatonrouge.net today and join in the fun for the Jingle Jeep Parade. Popeye's Driver here with the shipment of the seasoning for our new blackened chicken sandwich. Do you copy? Copy that. Do you copy me? Copy that. I got paprika, cumin, and onion. Copy. Copy that. Salt, black pepper, white pepper. Copy that. Red pepper. Copy. Copy that. Almost forgot about garlic. Copy that. Do you think others will copy us? Copy. Copy that. I'm sure they'll try. Introducing the new blackened chicken sandwich. No breading, all flavor. Non-breaded and fried at participating U.S. restaurants. Love that chicken from Popeye's. 